The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Sales. Start of week nine already in the NFL. Already week nine. Man, this NFL season is just flying. Titans and Steelers tonight. Congratulations to A.J. Brown, player of the month in the NFC. Cowboys and Eagles. Tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. I mean, oh, and by the way, Novacare, this is a Novacare alert. We have a little bit of inside the Cowboy locker room as they're getting ready for Sunday's game against Philly. Novacare. Novacare. I like it, Scott. Big Sills, dual threat, tool threat. Absolutely. But I first want to do this. You know, I was I was sleeping this morning, and my dad, back in Virginia, sent me a text this morning. Must have been about 3 o'clock in the morning. And he sent me a text. He goes, hey. Isn't it crazy that two people that were in our house really were the two people that really started your sports career? And I said, I text him back and I'm like, who? he goes, don't you remember Bob Knight coming over to the house? He gave you your first set of weights. We had lived in Bloomington for about three years. I went to my first college football games at Memorial Stadium in Bloomington. I saw Indiana. Lee Corso was the head coach, believe it or not. I saw them play Washington. Then I also saw the Oaken Bucket. I remember turning to my father and going like this, I want to do this. I saw Wisconsin. We saw a Wisconsin game that year. My dad took me to my very first college football games. And my dad had a threesome of golfers. My dad was a great golfer. He played against Nicholas and the amateurs back in the day. He was really a great golfer. And um, he get this, my father was friends with Jackie Robinson, friends with Bob Knight, Tony Lima, um, Jake LaMotta, played golf with all these guys. So we'd been around sports our entire life. We're, our family were friends, obviously, with – the Robinson family, because Jackie lived in Stanford, where I'm from. And there's Bob Knight in my house as a kid. I had completely forgotten about it. He gave me ankle weights. He gave me some free weights and such that they had at IU. And really incredible. Incredible. I mean, Bob Knight played golf with my father all the time. And he would talk to me at dinner table. And the other guy, dude, 
Do any of you know who George Talaferro is? This was the other man in my father's threesome when they used to play golf on weekends. Do you guys know who George Talaferro is? I'm not going to give you a lot of time on this because George Talaferro is an important figure in football history. And many of you probably don't even know the name. George Talaferro is the first African-American ever drafted in the National Football League. He went to Indiana University, and he introduced my dad to Bob Knight. And he was one of my father's dear friends. And George Talaferro used to help me become a football player. And how I grew up, I, I, I can't believe. You know, it's funny. I find all these sports memorabilia items. And I remember the people that were influences in my life. And George Talaferro is one of the greatest influences in my life on me being a sports person. This man was the first black guy drafted in the NFL. And people don't know him. They have no idea who he is. Tony, do you ever hear that name? Have any of you ever heard that name? Bob Knight, George Talaferro, and my father played golf on weekends, every weekend. That Coach Knight had a chance. We'd go to Assembly Hall, watch. Uh, we, we got there right after the undefeated 76 team. Okay? We got there right after the 76. I think we got there in like 78, 77. I was a young kid. I had no idea. Get this. When I met Jackie Robinson, I had no idea who he was also. And I was an even littler kid in Stanford. Gary Cobb has told you numerous times, Jackie used to show up at high school events or middle school events all the time in Stanford. I had, I had no idea who Jackie was. And I had no idea who George Talaferro was. And then you find out later on the significance of these men's lives. Okay? And... You know what, Fly? I'll have to check on that, whether that's the Talaferro. Like, like I think that kid, hey, Fly, that kid's name is Adam Talaferro? The kid that got hurt at Penn State? I'll have to uh, I'll have to check that out. I'm not sure of that. So when Bob Knight passed away, you know, you can you you I get it, man. You know, we're <laughs> my daughter was um in a conversation with her rugby coach the other day, and they were talking about John Wooden and the head coach and had asked people out there in the crowd, if anybody knew who John Wooden was and nobody knew, but Didi, why is that? John Wooden used to send my daughter children's books that he was writing at the end of his life. As she was growing up, we got a ton of John Wooden children's books down in my garage somewhere that John Wooden penned. Good luck to you, Danielle. John Wooden. So in my life, I've met John Wooden. I've met Bob Knight. I've met all these. I've talked to these men. All influences in some way in my life. The guy who got me involved in sports broadcasting, Jim McKay. <laughs> the guy that I spoke to, Rune Arledge. 
these are all guys that I've run into and I have no idea. It, it sounds like I'm name dropping, but it's just running into people my entire life. I have no idea. I have no idea how I know these people, how I met the, I, I get reminded of how I run into these folks. Hey, Sills, a few years ago, I got to hang out with Reggie Jackson, one of my favorite ball players of all time, and show him a bunch of motorcycles and talk bikes with him for a couple hours. He's cool and down to earth. Reggie's a complex guy, one of my favorite. Reginald Martinez, Buck Jackson from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, went to Arizona State, played for Frank Cush, was on those great Arizona State teams with Rick Monday and them guys. Absolutely. a term. I know everything there is about Buck Martinez. I mean, Reggie, Reggie Jackson is, was one of my childhood idols too. This is one of my childhood idols. DZ goes, you are a celebrity. I don't look at myself as that. I never have. I've never, I'm, I'm a celebrity. No, no. I'm just fortunate to be a guy that's kind of in the business a bit. I don't look at myself as that. Hey, DZ, that means I take myself way too serious if I'm a celebrity. And I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not really that. <laughs> JM is pretty true. And hey, don't forget too, JM, Bobby Valentine. It didn't hurt that we have family members. <laughs> correct, correct. Doesn't hurt your uncle was an NFL player and established a solid network base. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. And Robustelli's a pro football Hall of Famer. Bobby V, Rangers win last night. Okay, he managed the Rangers, the Mets, the Red Sox, bunch of baseball teams. He was over in Japan. No, it did not hurt that we had a bunch of people that were in our family. Thank you, Chris. Look, you see Chris here, man. Chris gives me 50% shit and 50% pats on the back. That's the kind of man I like. That's the kind of man I like talking to. That's the kind of like person I like talking to. I really do, man. I enjoy talking to you guys, and I know you have other options. And I got to tell you something else that, you know, Jason Cole's going to be joining us later, but we're working on a project that I think is going to be one of the most revealing books in sports. It, it's going to kind of chronicle everything on this wacky journey. And Jason and I had a conversation about it today. I don't know if you guys know who Don Yeager is. We're going to get into football here in a minute. I promise you. By the way, we're not going to go nuts today. We're going to have some fun today. Midseason NFL awards. AJ Brown inspired me. He inspired me, and I'm going to give you a little detail of what's going on in Dallas and what they're saying about this Sunday's matchup, okay? Ho goes like this. What do you mean you're not going nuts? Shit, I'm out of here. <laughs> okay? Shit, I'm out of here, right? So Jason and I are going to be working on a book project. And we're kind of formulating it right now. And so um, I'll keep you up to date. It's going to take a couple months to get it together here. But it's I, I've been asked to do this at least five times. And I've always passed because some of it's a little bit kind of scary. And it's, 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 
it's it's compelling for sure. Life and death. It's compelling. Okay. Cosmo goes, Sills, what do you think of Hertz walking out? Of what? The press conference? Great. There's no you don't have you don't owe those. What do you get sick and tired? Wait, let me guess. Before you even go. Before you even go, I don't even know what Cosmo's talking about. Let me guess. He got tired of talking about his knee. And he got up and he walked out of the press conference. Tell me that's what happened. Please tell me that's what happened. Please tell me that is the essence of what happened. That he just got sick and tired of answering the conversations about the knee. Did a Sue epic move is right on. I am so proud. I would. Hey, get this. I wish his damn coach would do that. Just get up. Just get up and go like this. Just get up and walk out. They made it through the whole press conference without talking about the knee. Some ass had had the last question he decided to ask about the knee. He chuckled and just walked off. That's epic. Iconic. Great. That's exactly what you want to see your head coach do. Okay? That's exactly what I want Nick to do. Just get, when a guy asks a stupid-ass question, guess what? Press conference over. Nick needs to be more of a heel. He needs to be more of a heel. Okay, just get up and walk out on them dudes. You don't owe them guys anything. That's that's so classic. And by the way, it's polarizing. That to me is leadership. Hey, isn't it crazy? Jalen, that's lead. Don't you guys look at that as leadership? That's leadership. I love Hertz. The Philly newspaper media loves to spin shit. Hey, Scott, you think? My best friend runs a sports business, so I've met a bunch of pros one day. I was having dinner and went out and go out in front to smoke, and LT was up front. He put his hand out to shake my hand. I accidentally walked past him. (laughs) Oh, man. Big Sills, he laughed at the guy and walked out. That is, oh, God. Okay, you guys now officially are starting to make me like Jalen Hurts even more. I love Jalen Hurts today. Today, Thursday, okay, October 2nd, or excuse me, November 2nd, I love Jalen Hurts today. Yes, sir. So wait a minute. Hey, Jalen, how's the knee? (laughs) Gets up, walks out, laughs at the guy. Mike Selke, is that who did it? (laughs) He laughed at that guy. Perfect. And Mike will make a whole segment on his weekend sports radio show somewhere at WIP, and it'll be a big deal for him. By the way, I like his work. I think he's got really a lot of talent. I do. I I think he's really good. He's not really a columnist because he's got a massive opinion. Anytime you do radio and you're writing in the – and you're writing for the Inquirer, you're not really a journalist. 
You're an opinionist. Like I told you before, you have opinions. If you're covering one side of a story, you're not a journalist. It's a form of journalism, but don't call yourself a journalist because journalists give you both sides without putting themselves in the story. Mike put himself in the story. Journalism 101, never do that. Today, that's kind of... See, journalism was with small J's today and small letters. It's not big letters like it used to be. Okay, it's just... it's. And, and can I tell you this? Hey, JM, watch this. Journalism? Journalism doesn't sell. You know why journalism's died? Because journalism doesn't sell. Polarizing. Pat McAfee. Big Sills. I've been doing this for 34 years, this style. And everyone, you know why people in my business don't like me? Because I've been doing this for 34 years. And back in the day when you got into this business, they despised my style. Well, everyone's doing it now. Everyone does the style that I do. I don't give a shit about right and wrong. I care about opinions and being entertaining. Then whatever falls in, falls in. Who gives a shit about that? No, journalism doesn't sell. It doesn't sell. It doesn't get your views, your clicks, your likes. Bobby V, the most heartwarming speeches of all time. Bear, love Bobby V. There's a book right there, Valentine's Way. Guy helped me in my progress on being an athlete too. Sills is the ultimate cheerleader of negativity. You know who I got? Hey, hey, Tone, you know who I got compared to yesterday on Twitter? Angelo Cataldi. I don't usually respond to idiots on Twitter any longer because it's a nowhere battle. Kenny Gainwell, you might want to take it from Big Sills, who's lost a few gigs, answering comments on Twitter. You might you might not want to be on social media like Instagram and Twitter, okay? You, you, you might not. Guy goes, Cilio, all you are is, um, you're, you're like Cataldi. You're just a shit talker. I went, thank you. I, I, I went, thank you. Thank you very much. You compared me to the greatest sports talk host in history of Philadelphia. That's all I heard. I didn't hear shit talking. I just heard you, you compared me to the greatest sports caster in Philly sports history. I was like, thank you. All right. We are going to do something. I, I Should I give you the cowboy dirt? Do you guys want to hear the cowboy dirt first? <laughs> oh my god! Here, wait. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put it in order here. Wide receiver room. Um, CD. Dak. <laughs> okay. So my friend, who's very close to the Dallas Cowboy organization. You guys want to take a guess who it is? This is unbelievable. Who, who do you think? 
told me this. I'm not going to put any names out yet. Kills, can you believe that Skip Bayless and Michael Irvin said CD's better than A.J. Brown? Yes. Yes. Okay, some people up here have it right. Okay, I'm not going to tell you who. So the wide receiver room, when my friend walked in, said that all the receivers can't wait to get a hold of the Eagles secondary. Um, I was like, okay. CD's going to be played a lot in the slot. Novacare Center, alert. CD's going to be in the slot. They don't think you can defend him in the slot. The Cowboy wide receiver room can't wait for Sunday. They don't think they can cover him. Do you know what they said about him? They're not very fast. And one of the Achilles that the Eagle defense has is overall speed in the secondary is not great. I don't think they're wrong. I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't thought they're not overly fast guys back there, especially in your safety position. These guys run around in army boots. But they don't think you're fast enough or good enough. And I said to my friend, well, it's not like your guys have been playing great outside of CeeDee Lamb. I mean, he goes, Brandon Cooks and all these guys are laughing in the team meeting rooms watching game film of the Eagles secondary guys when crossing routes are going through, running into one another, getting turned around. They're laughing at you. The Cowboy receivers are laughing at the Eagles secondary. I'm giving you this inside here because I was told this this morning. They're not very fast. They can't handle crossing routes. And the safeties wasn't the word bums. But to me, it felt like they were saying are bums. I said, what about the new guy? He goes like this. And he said the whole room went, so? <laughs> oh, hey, don't, they're laughing at you. They're laughing at the, Dal- the Dallas Cowboys offensive skilled people are laughing at the Eagles secondary. I swear to you, I am not making that up. They don't think you're fast back there. 
Don't know why Cooks is laughing. I had him in fantasy and dropped him because he's doing shit. He's a bum. <laughs> Cry now. Cry later. Overconfidence has always worked well for the Cowboys. <laughs> hey, James. I know this is going to be the Dallas Cowboy wide receiver group. According to my source, who was there at the Cowboy Complex yesterday, said the wide receiver group are laughing at the Cowboy or are laughing at the Eagle secondary. That's a fact. And I take this guy at his word. Same Cooks who got out, <laughs> who got out to sleep in 2017 Super Bowl. Hey. I don't I I the guy's been nobody to me in Dallas. Brandon Cooks has done shit there. I agree completely. The bum boys are going down Sunday. Not saying nothing, Tito. Dak ain't getting too uh, Dak has played well the last two weeks. Best two games he's played all year, in my opinion. La his last two games, because you're seeing more mobility. I think you're going to see a little bit of that also in this game against the Eagles. Hey, get this. He's going to run more against the Eagles. He's not going to sit in the pocket. He's going to run more. That's going to get out in the perimeter. And you know why they said, hey, I, I, Novacare, you know, and you know why they said that they're going to get Dak running more? Because the Eagles really haven't done a great job the last three weeks setting the perimeter and setting the edge. I was like, I don't know if that's all true. Cowboys have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Dan, I hope you got a big enough lazy boy because they're going to be watching us in the playoffs while they hated chilling at the crib. Sad thing Slay should be able to cover Lamb. I don't know. And he's no burner yet. Slay, Slay's not a fast guy either. But maybe Slay can't, which is scary. Here's the deal. I'm, and I'm hearing this, is that uh, they're going to put uh, they're going to put Gilmore on AJ. They're going to put Stefan Gilmore on AJ Brown. I'm giving you the game plan here. CD in the slot. Gilmore on AJ. Cowboy wide receivers are laughing at your secondary because they don't think they're good. I think they've gotten better. I told my friend. I go, I think they've gotten better. They're progressively getting better because I think the D coordinator is getting better. They asked me if I thought he'd bring pressure. And I said, um... I don't know because I don't know what they're going to do and how they're going to play the corners. So I couldn't give a definitive answer of how I thought they, I can't tell you how many times as a sports talk radio host for 25 years, how many times teams from around the league would call me and go, how do you think they'll defend us? Gilmore and AJ. Oh my God. Barbecue alert. AJ going for 200 yards. All right. Cowboy secondary is good. 
Their secondary is good. Their secondary is better than yours, and you know this. You won't want to admit it, but it is. And by the way, this isn't Jalen going against the commander defense. This is a different, this is a different deal here. Do I and and I think they're gonna have to fight the biggest thing that they fight, and that's their own egos. To me, Jalen Hurts threw the ball 25 times in this game. I think they blow him out. If Jalen Hurts throws the ball 35, 45 times in this game, it'll be a one-possession game again and close. And I think they have to fight that. Their, their angst to want to throw the ball so much has created turnovers and close games. Am I wrong? Seals, look out for Eli Ricks in the slot. Um, okay, could be that could make sense. That could make sense. So, hey, but I th- here, if you were to tell me, Sills, what's the advantage on defense for the Eagles? Pressure against the run. What's the weakness? The scheme and the linebackers and the safeties. If you take away Brown, then you got to worry about Julio Jones. I don't believe they're worried about Julio Jones. The two dudes I'm worried about are Devontae. Here are the guys on offense I'm worried about. I'm not worried about even DeAndre Swift. I'm not worried about him. I'm worried about Goddard getting up on them Cowboy linebackers. I told Dan Quinn that too. I said, if I were you, if you don't have a linebacker in the building that could cover that guy, if they go to him and he's, I would not be shocked if Goddard has the game of the year. I said, you don't have a guy in the building that can cover him. See, to me, the mismatch is this. A.J. on Stephon Gilmore and them Cowboy linebackers on Dallas Goddard. I don't see it. (laughs) And you're not getting enough pressure on the quarterback. They're not getting enough pressure. Okay? They're not. Cowboys are takeaway monsters, dude. And I and I hey and I would also put it I would also put it out there this. You see, the kid that's taken over for Diggs, he'll he, he'll be able. I don't think he'll be able to handle Devontae, but that'll be a nice matchup. I think that kid's played great. I think that kid's played great this year. I think he's the co-leader, and I think he what doesn't he have three pick sixes? Am I right? That kid's got three pick sixes this year, right? I think he's got more touchdown catches than the entire tight end group in Dallas. Doesn't he have three uh, pick sixes? This kid's got three touchdowns. He's got more touchdowns than any running back you have. That's how good that guy's played. That's crazy. Shit, he's got... Hey, he's got more touchdowns. He might have as many touchdowns as Tony Pollard. Okay? See, if they play off the ball and you don't get home like you didn't last week against the Commanders, Dak's going to have a field day. Now, some of you went like this. Well, Sills, what do you think that the Dallas Cowboy offense 
He's better than the Miami Dolphin offense. I think they're way more finesse than the Dallas Cowboy offense. That's like saying this, Dan, don't you think the Miami Dolphin offense is better than the Commanders? What was the one thing the Commanders were able to do? They were able to win first and second down. So I just need you to pick Cowboys, please. <laughs> I'll do that tomorrow, not today. If the cow, hey, well, Harris, if the Eagles don't get home, then it'll look like the commander game. And if they, here, Dallas is 18th in sacks. Eagles are six. Hassan, equalizer, Reddick will eat. See, those stats are misleading. Bayard first interception with Eagles. Ricks holds CD Lamb under 100. Look at what, what he said, that the Eagles are sixth in sacks. Okay, then why is your pass defense sucking if you're sixth in sacks? That means you're still getting home, but you're not at the same rate you did a year ago. AJ destroyed the Cowboys' best corner, Diggs. Um, uh, last year, Dak Prescott threw for five touchdowns at 375 yards or 354, whatever it was, against the number two defense in the NFL last year. Remember, Hurts doesn't play corner. How's the numbers misleading? Here's why. If you get two sacks in a game, but you're not getting any pressure, what here? If you get two sacks and the rest of the game, you get no pressure, which you didn't in the commander game. That's how you surrender 500 point, 500 yards and 31 points. And your secondary gets eaten alive. You tell me if that's not misleading then. You got home with one sack. Critical. But the commanders threw for 400 yards on you, put up 31 points, had 500 yards in total offense. You think you're getting home? Seals, if you were RDC, how would you attack them? Let me write that down. I want to. Attack the Cowboys. And defensively attack the Cowboy offense. We're going to have some fun here in a minute. Um, no Jalen Carter, no Jordan Davis. Um, wasn't it our second team defense? How could that have been your second team defense in that game last year? That wasn't your second team defense. The only guy that was missing, in my opinion, if I'm not mistaken, right, Tone? Correct me if I'm wrong. I think Gardner Johnson was the only guy missing back there in that game. And on the offensive side, obviously Jalen could have had more when it came to giving the opportunities for the Cowboys not to have more, more drives and more opportunities. With longer sustained drives, you limit Dak's throws when you have sustained drives. Minchie was terrible in that game. Okay? No excuses. Dak ate him alive last year. Yes, Eagles were missing two starting DBs. Well, again, that's an Eagle problem, not the Cowboys problem. Again, the injuries is why we talk about the league being a one-week storyline. Can I tell you before we move on here, 
what makes the Eagles so much better than the Cowboys and how they approach a season. The Cowboys are looking to go 13 and four. You know what the Eagles are looking to do? They're looking to go one and oh every week. That is such a great way to look at it. You're trying to pile up as many one and oh weeks as possible. You're not looking to go 13 and four. You're not looking to go 14 and three. You're looking at one and oh weeks. One and oh, one and oh, one and oh. If you have that mentality, you'll never have a team creep up on you. When you start looking down the calendar and start looking at the schedule, that's when you fall into ups and downs in your season. Oh, we got this guy this week. Oh, we got that guy next. You can't, you have to go with one and oh every week. Every week you're trying to go one and oh. Dallas, Dallas looks down the line. Hey, we got Philly coming up in two weeks. Dude, who cares? Who's in front of you now? That's how you get knocked out. That is how you get knocked out. Jalen Hurts didn't play against Dak last year. And Dak didn't play against Jalen also. He missed the game and Cooper Rush played. Apply your comments to you too. Jesus, criminy. How can you have talk out of one side of your mouth like that when you bring up these things? We didn't play with two DBs, and I'm not saying you, Tone. The 49ers are not playing with Trent Williams and Debo, okay? That's part of the whole thing, too. Is this Dax last year? I think there's some conversation to this because we know – He's not ever going to win a Super Bowl in Dallas. You know, I, I've said this before, Death Row. I like Dak Prescott. I do. And I think he's going to win a Super Bowl. I just don't think he's going to do it in Dallas. I, I think he's going to do it somewhere else. I'll tell you this, man. If that guy Purdy doesn't continue to get better and he doesn't come out of this funk here, if I were the, if I were the 49ers, I would try to get Dak Prescott. Put Dak on that team. Then he has a chance to win a Super Bowl with a coordinator and everything around him. Structure a contract like you got with Jalen. Put Dak on that Niner team. Shit, if you put Dak or Jalen on that Niner team, Jalen would be in the same situation he is right now in Philly as he would be, but they would be better in San Francisco because Jalen is the miss. Do you know Jalen Hurts is the... I thought about this last night. Jalen Hurts is the missing link in San Francisco. He's the missing link. Okay? He's the missing link. You you put him on that Niner team, they're 16-1. and one Because they're not playing – I don't mean that because they're better. I mean it because they don't play anybody tougher like the Eagles are this year. Hey – and I'll, I'll say it one more time. If that Eagle team finishes this season 14 and three or 13 and four, they had a better year than last year because this season is filled with tougher teams. You're getting into this stretch run right now. Okay. Where we're going to find out a whole bunch. Do you know the complete narrative of the Philadelphia Eagles can change in the next month? Good. Or bad, like it did for San Francisco. 
I mean, look at the games you have coming up. Dak, Josh Allen, who else? Mahomes, Niners are on the other side, and then Dallas again. (laughs) This is it. This is to find out whether you're going to win the Super Bowl in the next month and a half. Seattle, too. That's going to be a funny trip up there. Hey, don't be shocked you go up there and get blown out. It's a tough-ass trip. Will it change my opinion of the Eagles? Of course not. Week-to-week proposition. Then you put it all together and you say, who's the best? Who looks like they can handle? Hey, whether you lose, like, now look, I'll tell you what, because San Francisco's lost three in a row. They're in a bye, that's right. Because San Francisco has lost three in a row. That's becoming a trend. That's becoming a problem. You got to stop that. And what I what I don't like about Buffalo, there's too many peaks and valleys there for a championship team. I'll tell you what, if I was on the air in Buffalo, I'd be kicking the shit out of them. You can't play like that, guy. You've got to play better and more consistent. I thought his last game against the Bucs, he was sensational. Josh Allen was the most efficient I've ever seen him throw the ball. And I'll tell you why. You know what they did? They went no huddle. They got him in a rhythm. Self-described rhythm. It's going to be interesting to see if they do that against Cincinnati this weekend. They did something for the first time with Josh Allen that I hadn't seen Ken Dorsey do. And even when Brian Dable was there, I didn't see him do this. They went no huddle, quick snaps, quick rhythm pacing, and it helped him. He was probably the most efficient I've ever seen him throw football in any game he's ever played. Okay, he was absolutely unbelievable. Josh Allen, insane great. And they they put him in a system. I don't know if they're going to keep doing that again. Hey, somebody help me up with the D coordinator's name in Cincinnati, who's very underrated, by the way. Uh, It escapes me. Is it Donatel? I don't think it's Donatel. I forget the guy's name. Who's the D coordinator in Cincinnati? He's really good. And he doesn't get the credit. He doesn't, he doesn't get the credit that, you know, a lot of coordinators get. It's probably because he's in Cincinnati. But he's a really good coordinator. So I'm gonna, it's gonna be interesting to see how they combat that when he and they start going to the Bills. Yeah, that's it. Lou is such a great coordinator and doesn't get the love. Thank thank you, JM. Really good. Yes, yes, big picking. Now, that's the best I've seen, Allen. So, just to recap here, here, here's here's what they're – knowing what the – cow. I know what the Cowboys are going to try to do now. And it was vaguely told to me this morning, having talked to everybody in the organization, from upper management to former players to a couple coaches I know on the staff. Um, 
there's no doubt they're going to put, you're going to see a lot. I don't know if they'll start him there, but you're going to see a lot of CD Lamb in the slot. They don't think you can defend him in the slot. And I personally, I said this, you know, I think you guys, and I didn't say this to Cowboy guys because I don't, I, I want to be able to pick the phone up again. But I said this to a former player. I said, you guys think this guy, CD Lamb, is better than Terry McLaurin? And of course, they jumped on me and said, of course we do. And I'm like, if you put Terry McLaurin in the Dallas Cowboy uniform, they're almost the same player, but Terry McLaurin's tougher. I, I disagree with that. I think Terry McLaurin doesn't have – I mean, I'm starting to like Sam Howell. I think he's the answer in D.C. I think he's more the answer in D.C. than what Jordan Love is in Green Bay. I think he's more the answer there. Okay? I, I think he's more of the answer. I like Sam Howell. He's tough. The guy made some great throws. Suspect O-line. This guy really did a great job. I do not believe that C.D. Lamb is better than Terry McLaurin. I'm with you, Devin. I take Terry McLaurin any day, any night over Lamb. I think Lamb... Hey, look, if you put Lamb... If you put C.D. Lamb in Arizona, I don't know. Is he T. Higgins? Is he T. Higgins? Terry McLaurin's a really good ball player, and you held him that, what was it, 88 yards, 99 yards? What was it? Lamb chop. I like that. <laughs> Lamb chop. Here's how I think it goes down. I haven't listened to these guys. They're going to do everything in their power to make sure that those corners are going to be back off the ball again. How do you do that? You're going to you're you're going to do everything in your power to try to run them down the field first. You're going to spread them out immediately. Mike McCarthy staple, he's a West Coast style guy. What do they like to do right out of the gate? They want to spread you out. And they want to spread the defense out as much as possible. Why? Creating passing lanes. That tight end, Ferguson, 25 catches, I think, Tone told me the other day. They're going to try to establish him like Washington established their tight end. Remember something. Suspect O-line. You know, you guys are talking about the kid Smith not playing. You played against one of the worst O-lines in the National Football League last week, and you got there one time with very little pressure all game. So don't be talking about sacking the quarterback and that you're going to kill Dak when you couldn't kill Sam Howell. So you got to take this on a week-to-week -week proposition here. Just because you think you're better than the Cowboy O-line, you got to prove it. You didn't last week. You were not very good in pass rushing. You did not have a good day in pressure. They put C.D. Lamb in the slot last time they played us. Sidney Brown is going to lay the wood on the kid. Death row. He'll run right by him. Smash that like button for big sills. Death row. Sidney Brown has no chance at defending C.D. Lamb. He overpursues. He's not a good tackler. He's got to calm his game down. 
That's why they went and got a safety. Because he's not ripe yet. He's going to be. I'm a fan of his. I like the kid. I believe in Dean Desai. I think he will coach a great game. N'Kobe Dean will be a liability on the field. They already know this. They're going to attack him every time he's on the field. And if he's got the green dot, plays into the Cowboys game plan. And again, this is ego stuff from the front office that I tell you about to keep an eye on. N'Kobe Dean will not have a good game. I already, I'm, I'm confident in saying that. Why? He hasn't had the reps. It's not because he's not good. He's not up to game. He's not up to game speed yet. How many times did he play behind the player? How many times was he chasing in that commander game? Every play. Still, he made twelve tackles again. The most idiotic conversation that you can hear anybody who doesn't understand the game. He had 12 tackles. How could you honestly think you had a good game when you gave up 500 yards in offense? They they targeted you, and you gave up 31 points, and Sam Howell was the guy throwing the ball. And you're going to call yourself that you had a good game? How? It wasn't like the, the commanders ran the shit out of the ball on them. They threw the ball at the linebackers and secondary with a suspect O-line. I meant to say Sean Desai. Got you. Desai, Desai and Dean covering McLaurin on some plays. That's why he took the blame. You don't put the Kobe Dean on Terry McLaurin. Th- that should have been a switch. See the size covering for a linebacker not recognizing the play. Right there, what that guy just said, okay? That guy right there, what he said, shows you again that the coach is covering for someone. He didn't recognize it. You need to have a safety come down and have a shot at covering him or a corner or a slot corner coming down, not a linebacker who struggles in coverage. Let's be smart here. Okay. And and by the way, is that a talent issue? Kind of, but not really. It's a repetition issue. He just hasn't seen enough plays. How many plays do you think the Kobe Dean has played in his NFL career? Under 200? And you think he's going to line up against CeeDee Lamb and Lamb in the slot and cover him? Really? I'll take that gamble. I mean, I don't know if that guy's had 200 snaps. Does Michael Parsons disappear in this game? Hey, it's about time for this guy to step up and do some shit. I, hey, I completely said this to my friend with the Cowboys today. How come every time I turn on a game film, I watch Hassan Reddick killing guys on the Cowboys, making plays every single game, putting a dot on a game, putting an exclamation point. And every time I watch your guy in big games, he is a no-show. That guy's like Casper the Ghost. Check out Philly Film Room for defensive analysis. 
Um, Michael Parsons has to he, – he has to show up in a game like this. I'll tell you this, man. This is a game that's really going to be – it's going to be a nationally highlighted football game. Okay? A nationally highlighted football game. Maurice goes, Dean was great. I know a lot of people in here think he was. He was pathetic. I mean, it was pathetic. Cunningham and Morrow deserved to play. Almost, I would play them almost the, the entire game. I would not put him in there. Would not put him in there. This game... Here, let me let me let me tell you why it's important to these certain players. If you really want to be an 88, if you really want to be an 88, okay, you gotta show up in games like Sunday. You want to make your reputation like Pearson and Dez and Michael. And all those great players, you got to show up on Sunday. You know why it's important for AJ? This is what AJ wants compared to CD Lamb. AJ wants the win and the numbers. He's greedy like Tone is. He wants, like, he, he don't just want one sheep. He wants them all. He wants it. That's the guy I want. I want everything too. I want the fame. I want the fortune. I want the win. And you can put it in any order you want. I look at it in any order. I just happen to say it that way. But I want all three of those things. Dallas secondary ranking is misleading. You're a warrior. You are not better than the Dallas Cowboys secondary. You are not better. I don't care how you slice it up. Your safeties are not very good. Now, Bayard, I think it's better on a week-to-week basis. Blankenship was, he made one play last week. He was getting turned around. He, his worst game of the year was last week. Okay? The, and plus the corners. Slice nicked up. Bradbury was terrible. Do you defer or receive if you're the Eagles? Oh, I'd put I'd put my defense on the field. I put my defense on the field and come right at Dak and say, we're going to hit you. And by the way, I want to punch CeeDee Lamb right in the face. You know what I would do too, man? <laughs> Maybe you do line up Sidney Brown over him. And what you do is you take a you take a 15-yard penalty and you just smash that guy in the line of scrimmage all day, bitch. All day. Remember me. You better bring your lunch pail. You better bring your lunch pail. You know the miner's hat with the little light on it? You're going to work, dude. You're going to work. <laughs> That's how we used to talk, man. Hey, better put your miner's cap on. Bring a lunch bucket. You better have some hot cocoa in there because you're going to be here a bit. You're going to be here a bit. We're going to work. Hey, man. We're going to find out who you are. We're going to play 60. 
used to be my big thing. I, I hey, I've they, they used to post this all the time in the Miami Herald. Time to stop lipping and start hitting. I'll post that on my Twitter from the Miami Herald. I used to say that all the time. Time to stop lipping and start hitting. Let's go. Let's go play 60. <laughs> that was my theme every week. I did all my lipping, and then it was time to go hitting. Time to go play. That's that's the thing about that meat and potatoes Philadelphia Eagle team that I just admire. Ain't no flash about anything. It's a Coney kicking your ass. You may beat me, man, but you ain't beating me up. Cowboys can get beat up. I hate that kind of guy. You can get beat up. <laughs> hey, I may have lost a fight in my day. I might not remember it, but I'll tell you what, I never got my ass kicked ever. <laughs> that ain't happening. Okay. <laughs> Greg Williams defense. What do you put up bounties on guys? <laughs> Sills. We get you picking Cowboys this week. No, be quiet. Hey, hey, DZ, it's so true what Tyson says. This is so true. Hey, man, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in their face. And you want to see that plan disintegrate like a person's character? You hit a guy in the head. A guy just starts melting in front of you. It's a wonderful thing to witness and feel as a man. How come Bradbury's been so trashy? Because it's the volume of pressure that's not getting there that hit a lot of the play last year. You see, like, like that one stat that you guys showed, they're sixth in sacks, but the volume is down in pressures and in sack numbers, which means this. You, you have more opportunity for plays to develop downfield than you did a year ago. If you're getting more pressure like you did a year ago and more sacks, right? You don't have a chance on a 24 on a 20-yard inseam or a 15-yard inseam to develop. Last year, if you're getting home quick and guys are getting there, guys are hitting the quarterback, quarterback's holding the ball less, you have a better you have a lesser chance of that play developing, which means this, you can play 10 yards off the ball. This year, you're not getting home. He had one sack in the commander game and very little pressure. That's why he threw for 400 yards on you. You turn around and you look, we're six in sacks. Well, then how does a guy like Mac Jones throw for over 300 yards on you? How, how does Sam Howe? These are guys still developing as quarterbacks in this league. These are not special players. And they had... Career games versus you. Why? Volume of pressures down. Do you know the only thing saving that defense's ass is the run defense? It's the run defense. Okay? Why is Slay and Bradbury looking slow? Is it just age? It could be a little bit of that, Kenneth. I, 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 and this is what the Cowboys were saying to me or to my friend. They don't think there's a lot of speed back there in the secondary. And it's not quite an Achilles, but it's noticeable now. They're just not fast guys back there, especially in your center field positions of free and strong. You're not fast there. 
you're you're not you're old along the backside of your defense now. Your corners are in their 30s. You got a safety in his 30s, and they're not fast. And when you're not fast and you're off the ball, this is why they play off the ball. You can't get on the line of scrimmage with a dude that runs a 4-3 or a 4-4 and expect Slay or Bradbury to cover that. He gets one hitch and he gets free up the sideline. Dak will have a 75-yard touchdown pass. That's the biggest fear you have in that style of defense they play. You ever notice there's not a lot of big-time plays made against that secondary because they defend over-the-top plays. They're more concerned with over-the-top plays plus 25 passes completed. They'll give you 15, 20, 10. They'll give you 10 or 15 of those in a game. Those 10-yard slants, they don't care about that shit because they think the quarterbacks in this league, especially the ones they played up to this point, are going to make a mistake. Get this. How played great. They didn't ex- – here. Hey, Tone, still know who to – I'm sure we'll, – we'll work on it, uh, Wheels. Thank you. Hey, get this. Do you know what the Eagles didn't count on last week? How to play that great. But the one thing he did do, he did the one thing they knew he would do. He'd make a mistake in a ball game with an overthrow. And he did. And it was in a time in the game that was a critical part in the game in the fourth. They thought he'd probably make at least three of those plays because of the amount of sacks that they've been giving up, the inability to run the ball, and the inability to pass game. But you didn't get home. You played off the ball. He had a career game. And that's why the commander game was close. That's exactly how that played out. Hey, did I think Sam Howe would throw for four? Absolutely. If I was Sean Desai and I was game planning, after what I've seen in trends that that guy had coming into the game, I'm not saying I was surprised, but I was saying this. Holy cow, man. This guy here played a career game. Hey, it's the NFL. These guys get paid too. You, you were surprised, but you shouldn't be unexpecting anything in the league. They're pro football players. Okay? They're pro players. They're going to make plays. He made the one. They thought he'd make three of those plays. Get this. If Sam Howell makes three of those interception type plays, that game's a different story. They didn't count on him looking like that. That, What they're doing defensively is pretty remarkable given the issues they have with no speed back. Not no speed, but not high volume speed guys back there and experience and injuries. I think the guy, hey, I think the guy's done a better job this year than Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon would be a train wreck this year. He could never he, – he would be a train wreck this year as a D.C. of that unit. Seals, if you were to decide, who would you put in the slot? I might put Ricks in there. I might put Ricks in there. But before we take a time out here, I, I, here here's – because someone asked me the question. I want to address it. And they go, Seals, how would you attack the Cowboy defense? 
I, I don't think you have to be a rocket scientist when you look at how bad they are against the run. I think you challenge it. Now, here's my issue. Do the Eagles really think that you can handle 25 carries with DeAndre Swift? Do you want to give him a high workload this week? Okay. You're going into a buy. Do you want to give him a high work volume? I would, because I got a buy on the other end of this. Okay. I I, I would I would want to put him at a high 25 carries. And if I'm in the red zone, I'm sick and tired of if you don't want to run Jalen in the red zone and you don't want to do the brotherly shove from the five-yard in, I would do that three plays in a row. But since quarterback, you're worried about his knee, throw those jump passes with Julio and uh, AJ. I, I, I have a better chance of doing that than what they've been doing all year long so far in eight games. Um, I think their safeties are good. Um, I don't want to get into a back-and-forth shootout with them because a couple three-and-outs, it keeps the Cowboys in it. You know, why would you do something to an opponent to help him fight you? You know what I mean? Why would you help them by not attacking a weakness? Hey, Sills, I may be crazy, but... May I have your opinion on this? Would it look good if you have Cunningham and Sidney Brown side by side and have Ricks in the slot? I never understood two linebackers. You're talking more like a Wolverine or Roverback. Martin, don't think like a creative DC. No, hey, my friend. Don't ever think that anything's crazy when you're talking about schemes. It's how the 46 was developed. It's how the wide tackle six was developed. It's how flex was developed. It's how the bear front was developed. When people started going around, moving players around, the Ravens defense, the Buccaneer defense, John Lynch was more like a linebacker than a safety. So nothing's wrong. It's called being creative. Okay, so you're never wrong. Now, I'm not saying everything works, but everything could be discussed when it comes to putting the best personnel out to match up against the team you're playing. So when you say this is crazy, I don't think anything's crazy. When you're talking about a defensive scheme that you're looking to stop your opponent with, nothing's off the table. Not everything has to be 43, 34, wide nines, sevens, you know, Kane's G defense. It doesn't have to all be that always. It could be things that you co- look at. Look at Gang Green. Gang Green. Do you know what Gang Green was? Gang Green was a combination of 43, 34, and the 46. You, you realize that. It was a combination. And for the record, before Derek Brooks even got into the league, you know who set the standard on the linebacker that could fill the gap and also cover in coverage was Seth Joyner. Derek Brooks was a guy who benefited 
from the style of play that Seth Joyner played so that when Monty Kiffin put the defense along with Tony Dungy and Tampa together, they wanted a style of linebacker like Seth Joyner. That's where that when 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 Derek Brooks got drafted, he was 6'2, 205. He was more of a safety at Florida State. Come on, Seals. You don't think the designed QB run up the gut on third and long in the red zone is a great play call. I see again, I'm what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is if you're on the goal line and you're not scoring and you're having issues right now and teams are in, hey, what's the biggest goal line play? Red, what's the biggest red zone play right now the Eagles have that every team in the NFL fears? It's simple. You go with your best. It'd be like Jabbar saying, I'm going to do a 20-footer instead of skyhook. Don't you go with what's best? Why, why would you go? What's the best play that the Eagles have in the goal in, in, in red zone? It's the brotherly shove. It's not any other design play. It's their best red zone play. Or, or a jump ball to, to AJ. I would be running so many variations of that brotherly shove. The league would hate me. And by the way, they started a version of it this past weekend against the commanders. I love that idea. It was like, the, hey, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that like the first time in two years that they faked it and went around the edge? I don't remember them doing that. That's even better. Now, get this as a D coordinator. Now, you put something else on that play. Do you see what they're doing with that play? They're now developing an offense off that one play. God forbid they get another one. What's another one? The uh, Tebow jump to the tight end to Goddard? Is that going to be another? So if you get three plays off that brotherly shove, is that an offensive scheme in a red zone that you would be willing to run? You know, you know that play that Tebow used to run at Florida? where he would take it, jump up, and throw it to the tight end. So Jalen, instead of running, he pretends like he's going to run. He jumps back and throws it, and there's Goddard there when everyone's going forward. That's the next play. So you got you, – hey, you, you, you got a guy going wide. Then you're going to start throwing – you're going to start throwing passes off it. Then you'll never be able to defend it. Okay? That you would never be able to defend that. They had a pass play, but Jalen tripped. God forbid it, because I'm a coordinator. You start running play designs off that thing? Shit, man. And if you did take that play away, the only person and people you'd be uh, affecting would be Philly. Philly's designing plays off that thing now. I love that. I, I went like this. I laughed when they ran around. Who ran around the end? Gainwell? I was like this. That is wonderful. That is absolutely wonderful. All right. Hey, Jason Cole's going to join us at 530. Our friend Tone's going to join us at the bottom of the hour here. It was Swift. Okay. <laughs> Kane, <laughs> Tone said Gainwell would have screwed it up. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Hey, by the way, um, 
Make sure you see the code word that we throw out with our great friends at Hooters, 40th anniversary. What a great weekend this is going to be. It's Cowboy Week. All you have to do is um, send us your information at show at gmail.com. Tone's going to throw in, um, a code word out. You'll see it. You send us your information. Tomorrow will be your last day. Today and tomorrow, your last day is to qualify. Monday on a football Monday, we name you. We give you an opportunity to win yourself some gift certificates like Michael and Herman. It's been a grand slam for us, man. We so appreciate everyone at Hooters. And by the way, it is now Happy Wings Giving. That's right. For the month of November, Hooters and the iconic Hooter Girls are doing something for all of you here. All kinds of great specials when you go into any one of the facilities. Seven facilities from Rhode Island all the way down through King of Prussia. I mean, just absolutely every single day for the month of February or month of November, they're going to be giving you opportunities at great specials. Ice cold Coors Light drafts, two ninety nine, twenty five percent or twenty five cents of every single purchase will go to a local charity as well. The Hooter calendars, two thousand twenty four, are are out. Bunch of the girls too. I think nine of them from the locations are featured in the national. Hooters calendars, $100 in gift certificates, and all of these calendars as well. Go to northeasthooters.com. That's northeasthooters.com. Lunch specials, I mean, boneless wings, 11.30 to 3. Happy hour, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6. Six items, six bucks. Get the fried pickles. You'll absolutely love it. Seafood Sundays, half price. Buffalo shrimps are my favorite. Military Mondays, 20% off of every single man and woman who ever served in our Great military gets the opportunity to benefit from that. Tuesdays, 10 wings, 10 boneless free. Okay. Wing Wednesdays, one of the great traditions, 40-year tradition, 1983. That's the price. That's the year the place was founded. NortheastTutors.com. That's NortheastTutors.com. And do me a favor. When you roll into any one of them, tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. 
and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program assures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, Blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Two big shills. The segment with my friend Tone, who's been killing it. We're so proud to have him on the program Monday through Friday at 3:30 each and every single day. He does such a great job. He's going to join us in a couple minutes here. But I got to say this to you. You know, but before I get into Jalen Carter, um, you know, I, I I thought about it. You know, when when Coach Knight died that two of the most influential people in my life, and not so much Coach Knight, but George Talaferro and Jackie Robinson. Imagine that, young kid like that. Plus, you have Robustelli around you, and you have Bobby Valentine. Gary Cobb, too. Gary Cobb was a huge influence. I didn't really know Gary that well because he was older than me. and But I, I didn't really know him that well. But sometimes you just, you know, you watch people and you get motivated by people. You know, my, my my family's been around so many athletes. I, I I I have forgotten so many people. I've been to the White House. I've been here. I've been, I mean, geez. Done things in my life. I'm so fortunate. And then I get to talk sports with you guys. Okay? I mean, my whole, you know, I, I, I have to think that I'm the ultimate sports dude. You know what I mean? I lived it. I played it. I talk about it. What better guy? You know? I mean, I just, I, I like to listen to people like that. I don't like listening to people who have these opinions because somebody told it to you. That's why I kind of like, I don't really take others' opinions. I apply my own opinions. Like, funny, Tony and I were talking to, I'm, I'm not a Republican. I'm a, I'm a Sillyokin. I have my own views on things. I, I, I'm not down party lines on anything. I'm just not. And I refuse to have people put me in a box and tell me, well, you're this. No, I'm not. I'm nothing like that. And I, here I'm, I'm going to tie this into Jalen Carter. Um, so can you imagine you're Jalen Carter 
you're in the room with Tracy Rocker. And Tracy Rocker is a Lombardi and Outland Trophy winner and one of the most celebrated defensive linemen in the history of college football. You know, Tracy Rocker's NFL career got derailed when he got hurt in Washington when he was playing with the Redskins. Tracy was highly recruited. I don't think he was a first-rounder. Tracy may have been a second or third because I, I, I don't remember. Somebody looked at up. I don't remember. I know, how We're good, man. You and me are the same dude, man. I don't believe Tracy was a first-rounder. Never pay attention to the party. Always pay attention to the policy. Brandon, that's the greatest line, and I'm going to steal it from you. Man, I love that. Man, I love that. That is the best. I, I love that. Wasn't he first overall pick? No, he wasn't. Okay? No, he wasn't the first overall pick, Tracy Rocker. He, third round, Scott? He was a third rounder like me. Um, But he was so celebrated. Revered. He's one of the greatest players in the history of Southeastern Conference. You know, very few people have ever won that award in the same year. And he was a great player at Auburn. So get this. So you have that. Then you have Fletcher Cox. Who's, would we not agree? Fletcher Cox will go down as one of the greatest defensive tackles um, in the history of the Eagles. Would you put him in that conversation? Fletcher Cox is one of the greatest D tackles of all time. Would you? Is that Eagle fans? I'm asking you. Is will he go down as one of the greatest DTs? Is he better than Corey Simon? Is he better than Jerome? I'm too jaded to say that. I'm too jaded. Sorry, I can't answer that. I, I can't answer that. Because I, I, there's not a chance I could say yes. Okay. Longevity, Benjamin, that's a way to get around that question. Okay. That's, that's, that's a nice way of doing it. You're right. Okay. Fletcher's not better than Jerome. But you're in the conversation with Jerome. Is that fair? And he did it for a longer period of time. Look, as far as I'm concerned, if you're in a conversation with Jerome Brown, you're in a really great room. Okay? Hollis Thomas was a really good ball player too, man. He was a really good ball player. Yeah, Jerome was just better. But Fletcher will go down as one of the greatest Eagles. So listen to this. You've got that in the room. Then you've got Brandon Graham. Why is Brandon Graham important to Jalen Carter's development? Why do you why do you think why do you think Brandon Graham is important to a guy and a young player like Jalen Carter? So so far I've mentioned Tracy Rocker, I've mentioned Fletcher Cox, and why why have I why did I throw Brandon Graham leadership? Um, how about this? He can also teach you patience. Hey, not everything's going to come to you right away. Now, this is leadership. Hey, 
took me a little bit to get my sea legs. You're going to have some days you're going, I don't get it. I don't see it. Hang in there. We're going to get you through it. We're going to help you. So you got Fletcher going, he's right. Tracy going, they're right. Tracy telling you, hey, guess what? You better play every down like it's your last down because mine was injury-laden. Culture, leadership, craftsmanship. So you have Brandon telling you with leadership, hey, hang in there. You're going to make some bad plays. Don't worry about it. Then the guys you're lining up in practice when you're going one-on-one. So you're going against Jason Kelsey in pass rushing drills. Do you know what that guy's probably telling him? Say he gets in a power rush move and he gets in a bull rush. You know what he's going to tell him? If he stuffs him at the line of scrimmage, go to the one hand, man. You're longer this way. Tell him about the crosshand drop spin. Get a center moving his feet. Slap his hands down. Get up and under. Rip. Got to move your feet. So you got the greatest, one of the greatest centers in NFL history coaching you. Then you got Lane. And you got Malad, and you're watching a guy develop. And then you got Hurts. You have all these things around you. Shit, I don't need coaching. I'm getting coached by the players and their actions and how in their journey. Do you know what a comfort zone and what a great situation Jalen Carter landed in? This guy landed in paradise. He has everything to bring the best out of him. A position coach that recruited him at Georgia. Knows his family. Knows what buttons to push. Do you know how important that Alabama-Georgia thing is? Do you know why that's important? And why maybe it brought the team closer together? When you have all these buddies like that, you don't have to break ice to get to know one and get to know everybody. You already know everybody. Jordan's telling Jalen Carter about the Eagle guys. Hey, they're a lot like us at Georgia. It brings you closer together quicker. You have continuity in your locker room quicker than a bunch of mercenaries that are from other places of the country and other free agents that come in. The culture in that building for Jalen Carter to develop into the best defensive tackle in the history of the Eagles is so there in front of him because of the people around him that it is bringing the best out. And get this, you can't tell me that the influence of Jalen Carter has not benefited Jordan Davis's upping his game this year. Because you know what Jalen's saying to Jordan? Hey, how come you played like that last year? You never played like that at Georgia. You got Heisman Trophy votes. What happened? I was in, in a substitute role, you know, and... You know, I mean, I, I I don't know. Well, we're going to get this thing right. And they're the two best combos in the league. All of those things around him create an environment for success. 
I can't tell you. When I got to the Bucks, I didn't know the position. I had never played it. My D-line coach didn't like me. Guys around me didn't give a shit about the D-line. When things went sideways, everyone had seemingly quit. I went from the Canes to the Bucks, And again, I'm not blaming people. I'm just telling you what it was. It just was a shit show. I had never been more in a loop. Do you know what it made me do one day? I went home to my house and I said, I hope I quit. All the things that I had done within 18 months, I had set my career back and hurt my career so much it never came back in the NFL. Spotty here, spotty there, Dallas and Detroit. It was never going to be where I was when I first got there. Is that my fault for not being mentally tougher? Absolutely. But it's so easy to fall in pitfalls of doom because that's a league that you see failure every day. But you got Brandon Graham. Don't worry. I didn't, nobody told me that. You you got you got Fletcher Cox going, kid, you got a chance to be a great one. It's really a super in. You really have a really great environment for that kid. All right. Let's get to our friend Tone here. The segment. Big Sales, how we doing, sir? You agree with me what I'm saying about Carter? This guy's got everything in front of him right now, and there's so many people, not only in front of him, but Tone around him. Absolutely. Looking at complete, you're looking at so many mentors for that guy that he landed in paradise. It's, I don't believe he could have landed in a better place in the country than yeah, absolutely right. the Philadelphia Eagles. You're absolutely right. I mean, let's be totally honest, right? Does Carolina have the infrastructure to handle a guy like Jalen Carter based off everything we know about him? Did Houston have the infrastructure? Did Indianapolis have the infrastructure? Maybe Seattle, but they chose Devin Witherspoon. Um, did Arizona have the infrastructure? The Las Vegas Raiders, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, the Chicago Bears, they traded the pick back for a reason. So when you think about it from that perspective, right, the Philadelphia Eagles was the best situation for him in terms of his overall development, not just as a man, but also as a player at, at, at the D-tackle position. Like you mentioned, you have Brandon Graham on the D-line. You got Fletcher Cox on the D-line, right? On top of that, if you want to take it a step further, Josh Sweat, Jason Kelsey on the opposite side, Lane Johnson on the opposite side, Jordan Milata, guys on the other side who are Super Bowl champions, who won this game and played this game at the highest level, who are going to hold you accountable. You're not going to get – you're not going to get off that that nonsense next to uh, Fletcher Cox. It's not going to happen, right? He played this game too long. You're not going to get off nonsense around Brandon Graham. He played this game too long. He's been around the block. Super Bowl champions. You dig what I'm saying? There's too much accountability in that locker room. And then if you want to even take further beyond the D-line, you got guys like Darius Slate, veterans, guys that take their job seriously, James Bradbury, no-nonsense kind of guys on the defensive side of the ball. Go to the offensive side of the ball. You got guys like Devontae Smith, Alabama guy, no nonsense, takes takes his craft very seriously. Let's go to the quarterback position, Jalen Hurts. They go as he goes. So you think about it from that perspective, that entire organization from top to bottom on all three levels of the defense and all three levels of the offense, you have guys who are accountable, guys who take their craft seriously, and guys who genuinely want to be great. That's the perfect environment to, to cultivate and nurture a guy like Jalen Carter, especially knowing what we know about his past. What do you make of how the Cowboys are preparing for this Eagle game on Sunday that, you know, with some of the people that we're hearing, they're saying that the Cowboy wide receivers are really looking forward to it. And what they said was that 
you know, what people don't really look at with the Eagles secondary is that there's not great team speed back there. It's not as a unit, a very fast team. And with the style of play, the way they play off the ball, these Cowboy guys think they're going to make plays. Um, and again, someone will go, well, Sills, they stopped the Miami Dolphins offense. Yeah, but you didn't stop the commander offense. So when you do that on a week-to-week basis and you're trying to line up personnel, you shouldn't do that because the commanders had more success and they're nowhere near the Dolphins. So how do you take that and how they're seeing how they think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for that Cowboy wide receiver room to have an impact when it comes to the passing game? You know, if you base it off of last week, they're right. There is going to be a lot of opportunity there, especially when you have guys playing off the line of scrimmage like the DBs do. And on top of that, the linebackers don't necessarily improve in pass coverage. There's going to be a lot of opportunity, especially in the middle of the field. If you notice, Sam Howell wasn't really getting what he wanted on the boundary. He was getting everything in the middle of the field. Yep. So when you think so when you think about it from that perspective, that's the real conundrum right there. Can Sean Desai find a way to limit the damage in the middle of the field? Can he find a way to prevent the, uh, to prevent the explosive plays from coming over the top? The Philadelphia Eagles defense, they lead the league in the least amount of explosive plays allowed. They do a good job at, at limiting teams from beating them over, or beating them over the top. That's their specialty, right? And that's what that defense is designed to do. But when it comes to the underneath stuff, that's pretty much the Achilles heel right now. Um, Eric Bannemi pretty much laid out the perfect game plan to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. You beat them short, you nickel and dime them down the field, and you hope your quarterback doesn't make doesn't make a mistake. So that's pretty much where, it's, where the game's going to be won and lost in terms of the pass defense, right? Can those guys – Limit the damage that's done in the inside. Can those linebackers remain disciplined and not overreact and do their best in pass coverage? It's going to be a tough task. You know, like you said, it's a week-to-week league in terms of your matchups and certain things working against another team and it not working against the other. So the closest thing they're going to, the closest thing they could probably compare this to is maybe that Dolphins game because they were so talented, so fast. So I'm looking at it like this. Sean Desai, he has to do everything he can from a schematic standpoint to make sure those guys are prepared. Also, this would be the first week in a long time that they've had the same group of guys on the field back-to-back in the DB room with Slay, Bradbury, uh, Kevin Byard, Reed Blankenship, so on and so forth. So I expect those four guys to play better. Um, I'm not sure who they're going to put out in the slot. It may be Eli Ricks, could be Sidney Brown. I'm not entirely sure, but they need some continuity right there. Overall, this is going to be a big week for the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles defense, I think the pass rush has to find a way to get home. They have to find a way to force Dak Prescott out of their pocket, get him off his spots, force him to make the force him to make the decision he doesn't really want to make. They're gonna, and from what I'm understanding, he's gonna be more mobile this week. They've been it's doing that the season. They've been doing that. So I, they, it, I'm, it, I'm not surprised. The last two weeks, I think he's played his best ball this season. His last two weeks when it comes to efficiency. I mean, he, he's played well the last two weeks, and I think it's because of something McNabb stopped doing. That was getting out in the perimeter. If I'm not mistaken, Tone, didn't he have 71 yards rushing last week? Or was so, it 41? Uh, so uh, against the Rams, he only had four carries for 19 yards. Um, but, on, but on Monday night football against the Chargers, that was his biggest rushing performance in a long time. He had seven carries for 40 yards. His, okay. longest, his longest run of the day was 18. So – um. They haven't really got him out of the pocket that much, especially uh, they've tried to do it in the past couple weeks. But prior to that, against the 49ers, only one carry, two yards. Against uh, the uh, Patriots, one carry, negative one yard. Against the Arizona Cardinals, three carries, 24 yards. Uh, Longest run of the day was 13. So 
I mean, they're trying to do what they can to get him out of that pocket, to get him active and get those legs moving. But that's not that's not really what Dak wants to do because he knows no. he's been hurt a lot. He doesn't want to do that. He really doesn't. So no, but he, he what it does, Tony, it creates passing lanes for him. Yes. And it helps him spread them out more. I'm going to give you a stat tone that you're probably going to be stunned about. So the Cowboys gave me this this morning. You mm -hmm. ready? The Eagles have only run the ball 23 times in the first half in the last three weeks. Total? Total. That makes sense. I could see that. Yeah. I think, you know, so, you know, you know. So, so are you getting away from the run game? Why are you getting away from the run game? I think last week they got they got behind quicker than they would like, or the, they didn't. Obviously, you don't want to be behind at all, but they got behind in that last game. I think that I think they kind of overreacted and started passing the ball a lot more early. Um, but you're not they, establishing the run in the last three weeks. You haven't established the run. No, I hear you. I'm with. I, I'm. You know. You know me, Sills. That's my. Yeah, style, I got right? you. No, no, I, I, you know, I hear you. I, I I want to establish the run. And that Jets game, that's one of the worst – that was one of the worst called games I've ever seen because they refused to establish the run. Um, and that Dolphins game, they tried to establish it. Maybe they didn't get it off as much as they want, but they were committed. I think they ran – I think they ran the ball like 30 times or 30-plus times, something like that. So they were committed despite it not being successful. So I'm not going to hold that one against them. They still committed to the run to an extent. Um, last week, they got away from it because they got down big. So, again – what I'm noticing is these games, you know, they, you know, they take on identities of their own. They take on complexions they and, and you have, and you kind of have to respond to what's in front of you. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to enter this game with the mindset of we're going to be physical at the line of scrimmage. We're going to knock them off the ball and we're going to establish our run game because there's no way you look at there is no way you look at the Cowboys two losses of the season and you don't take nothing from that. The their worst, their worst losses of the game, the worst losses of the season against the Cardinals and against the uh, 49ers. They have not been able to stop the run. They're not a physical team. They don't want to get physical. They want to pin their ears back, get ahead, and, and rush the passer. If you can keep their offense off the field, wear down that defense, keep those DBs disengaged, then that's when you attack them, right? Because they're at that point, they're going to be so preoccupied with the run game. It's kind of what happened in Miami, right? They The Eagles still committed to the run game, even though they weren't probably averaging the yards they wanted. They still kept pounding, at least to let the, let, to let the Dolphins know that, hey, we're still going to run this ball. You still have to respect it. That's what the Philadelphia Eagles need to do. And you're, you're getting Cam Jurgens back. He's going to be healthier. That's going to that's a huge get back for the Philadelphia Eagles because the way the way they run the ball, they do a lot of pooling with those guards and and center and center. And Cam Jurgens is significantly more athletic than Suo Peta. They were missing that. And the Eagles they can get pretty complex and you know in their blocking schemes. Without Cam Jurgens, they probably didn't want to overcomplicate it for a guy like Sue Opeta, which limited what they were able to do in the run game. So I think they get back to the running game this week. I, I, we talked about this earlier in the week. I don't think this is going to be a game that's in the 30s. I think this is I think this is going to be a game in the 20s. I don't have my score locked in just yet, but tomorrow I definitely will. The Eagles definitely, I think they come out into this game establishing a run, trying to get that RPO and that play action game going and attacking Michael Parsons and running at him and, make, and forcing him to make a decision on the island. Who is it more important to the score first, the Cowboys or the Eagles? Eagles. Eagles got to score first. They have to score first because you have to put the pressure on Dallas to respond, right? They're not a team that plays well from behind. Their quarterback is not as efficient playing from behind. If you can find a way to get a double-digit lead on Dallas early, you can win that game. You can control it. And also, it allows you to keep your running game involved and keep their offense off the field. Remember, 
the reason they beat the the, the the Miami Dolphins was not only because they were able to put points up and so on and so forth, because they did turn that ball over. What they did was they limited their possessions and they, they held them to under 50 plays. The Miami Dolphins, a team that averages 70 plus plays a week, they held them to under 50 plays. If they can hold the Dallas Cowboys to under 50 plays, even under 55 plays, they win that game. See, Tone, here's why I say Dallas. I say it's important for Dallas to score first because it'll take Philly out of their run game quicker. And what they'll do so we're is, saying the same thing, but on different sides of it, right? Correct. That's exact see for but the comfort zone with the Eagles is is the stat you gave me yesterday about Hertz coming back from behind in the fourth. They're more apt to come from behind than the Cowboys are. So it's more important for the Cowboys to have that lead going into the fourth quarter. The Eagles don't have to have the lead going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, they don't need because it. Because they play That's the better. That's the difference, though, right? That's the difference between the Cowboys and the Eagles. I think the they Cowboys need a lead. They play better in the fourth. Yes. I think the Cowboys need a lead in the fourth That's quarter. right. They, they need a lead. The Eagles they are a team that's lead. showing you they don't necessarily need a lead. But, I, I mean, who doesn't want a lead, right? You can't but, have the Eagles – Having dual threat ability with being able to run the ball and throw the ball in the fourth on you when you can't stop the run and mm -hmm. you're from behind and your quarterback hasn't shown the ability to play good from behind, whereas Hertz is showing you that he elevates his game. So if I'm Dallas, and you're right, we're kind of saying the same shit here, but if you're Dallas, I think it's more imperative that you go into that fourth quarter with at least a four-point lead make it a two-possession game that you have to, not, not – it doesn't have to be nine, but if you're in a four-point possess, four possession game, that's a two-possession game, okay? So when you're going four points, you have to have that lead if you're Dallas because I think these coaches will, will abandon the run and they will throw the ball. Mm -hmm. And Depends. if you do that, you turn it into a cowboy game. You know, you said something just a couple minutes ago, 27-24, shit like that, that favors Dallas. That doesn't favor the Eagles because if you're close like that and the Cowboys aren't – I don't think the Cowboys are going to put up a ton of points, okay? But if the Eagles can't put a ton of points up, you're playing into the Cowboys. And if they have the lead tone in the fourth, then coaching walks into this. Yep, and, and I'm 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 a believer. Dan Quinn knows what he's doing. And yeah. how about this? Mike McCarthy is maligned a lot. I don't think he's great. I do. I I I I don't think he's great. But that's not turning the ball over like he did a year ago. Let me get this yeah. here. The offense I think Brian Johnson is trying to implement is a West Coast offense. You throw the ball a lot in a West Coast offense. It's a spread. It, it's a spread offense. It, you know, it is I, a spread I, offense. I think, I think um, you bring up a good point, right? I think it's so important for the Philadelphia Eagles to have uh, to have a lead going into the fourth quarter because Dallas doesn't want that, right? Dallas doesn't no. want to be behind by a touchdown, you know, in the fourth quarter because what the Eagles, what, what makes the Eagles so successful, they're so they're the number one team in the NFL on third down and fourth down, which means they're very good at sustaining drives. They're very good at dominating time of possession. They're very good at situational football, which, in my humble opinion, the Cowboys haven't quite shown me that they're good at situational football. They've blown teams out, right? Like, like when it comes when it comes to the Cowboys, either they're blowing a team out or they're getting smoked themselves. So it's like, where's the in between, right? 
Who are you when you're down by four points? It's five minutes left. You need this drive. Who are you in those moments? Who are you when you need that third down? Who are you when you don't have your defense getting a pick six for you? Who are you when you don't have your defense getting a strip set going going to the house for a scoop and score? Who are you when you don't have um, your defense forcing a safety? Who are you when your special team special teams doesn't return a kick? Who can this offense put up points by their lonesome? I'm not sure they can in a situational setting. The Philadelphia Eagles have shown an ability to win close games. They've shown an ability to come from behind. They've shown an ability to sustain drives and put teams away and not allow them to touch that ball. Perfect example, with the Miami Dolphins game, that final drive, the Dolphins didn't touch the ball for the final eight or seven minutes. The Philadelphia Eagles have to find a way to dominate time of possession, limit their amount of possessions, limit their plays, sustain drives. They win this game. Force at least one turnover. Force, all you got to do is force it one. Just force one. See, to me, Dallas would rather defend in the fourth than have to drive in the fourth for a game win. You know what I'm saying? They right. Would, they, right. If they had the lead, right? They would rather have the lead. They have the lead. Have the lead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Because their defense the is actually the They'd rather defend with their guys in the back end than have to try to drive the ball on the Eagles. That's their strength. The ball game. Dallas would much rather win with their defense yes. having, having them win the game than their offense yes. having them win the game. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, let's do this here with Dak. Um, Why does he have success against Philly? Actually, if you think about it, Tone, he has monster success against the entire NFC East. He owns almost every team in the East. Why? It's so easy. Is to it simple say, common opponent? I was I was going to say it's so easy to just say common opponent, right? I feel like that's the easy answer. It is. It's low hanging fruit. But what what else could it, what what else could it be? That's what I'm saying. Why he like how many wins in a row does he have against the Giants? Like ten? It's something ridiculous where he's got. I mean, the Commanders actually probably. Hey, get this tone. The commanders probably give the Cowboys and Dak more issues as much as the commanders give the Eagles issues each and every single week. Mm -hmm. Something about that team really kind of pushes the Cowboys. They beat the Cowboys the final game of the year last year. I mean, with right with Sam Howe in his first start, it's yeah. crazy. But why does this guy – I mean, it, it can't just be, well, because he plays them. He plays them twice a year. That can't be why. You know, he – Dak Prescott has made a career off the NFC East, if we're being completely honest. He's made, a, he's made a career off of it. He's made a $50 million career off it. Because against the rest of the NFL, I mean, he's not he's not as consistent as – you know what I mean? He, he, he's just not. You know, he he's almost guaranteed to go 4-2, and 5-1 and one on the season against the NFC East. That's, that's a guaranteed five or four guaranteed. wins right there. So when you so we think about think about it from that perspective, that leaves what? How many more games in your schedule? That leaves about eleven games left in your schedule. So, if you go five hundred, you're good. If you, you go five hundred, you're good. You know what I mean? Like so, it's like I, it's hard for me to. And, and this is why Dak Prescott doesn't get the respect he deserves, especially when it comes to the playoffs, because in the playoffs you're not playing a common opponent. You know what I'm saying? Unless yeah. you uh, unless maybe your divisional rival gets in, but. You're not the odds are you're not playing the common opponent. You're like so, playing the NCAA tournament, somebody you don't see ever. Exactly. And and, and and that's the thing. You know what I mean? Jalen Hurts has never seen the Miami Dolphins in his career. Never seen him. But guess what? He, you know, he played a pretty solid game. He turned the ball over, but 
he played a pretty solid game, yeah. won the game. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's easy to win these. Like, I, maybe maybe it is just common opponent. I, it, it just may be that simple. It it has to be. It, it has to be. Because familiarity maybe, breeds contempt. You know what? You know what I think, and I and I compare it to this. You know how you play in the National League East, and you're a starting pitcher for the Phillies, and you play the Mets or the Braves, and you got a book on a guy, mm-hmm. and you got a book on a guy that you keep, and a cornerback, and the two corners and the safeties that you got. Well, this guy right here really doesn't play press coverage well, mm-hmm. or this guy doesn't play bump and run, or this guy will let a guy get behind him. If you do a crossing route here, then when you're putting game plans together, like you said, I'm. Jalen doesn't have a book on the Miami Dolphins cornerbacks, but he's got a book on the cow- Cowboy corners. Mm-hmm. He's got a book on the Washington corners. you got a book on everybody here because you know and you see their t- – maybe I think it's this, that he knows and he studies more tendencies in the NFC East guys, and that's what makes him more successful. He knows the tendencies. Think about Bradbury, for instance. Bradbury's played his entire career in the NFC East. Why wouldn't he not part, yeah. know him? He started out in Carolina, got then got traded. Yeah, Carolina. To, uh, that's right. Then he got to uh, New York. New York, right, right, right. But yeah, for the past several years, past four to five years, he's been in, I believe, the NFC East. Yes. All right. Same thing with Darius um, Slay. So yeah. How about how about this? Um, CD Lamb in the slot. Who do you that's put on be- him? we? Uh, who do I put on him? I'm okay. This may sound crazy, but I'm putting somebody that's going to get physical with him down there. And you want to put Sydney on him? It's a, he's a rookie. I'm taking a risk, but listen, man. Sometimes, listen when we, when you're missing your starting slot and Avante Maddox, man, and Bradley Roby's not going to be back. You gotta, you you gotta, you gotta try something, right? You know, it's it's, it's, it's going to be. It's always a it's always a wrong answer. So, um. I don't think there is a wrong answer when you're coming up with trying to match personnel. You know, you got to gamble. And that's my point. You know, it's, it's, it's a gamble. You know what I mean? So you win some, you lose some. I want somebody in there that's going to get physical with them, make them uncomfortable and make him feel because because CD lamb is not a physical receiver. He's not, no, nope. not by any stretch of their imagination. You know, I used to get in debates with Cowboys fans that they used to say, yeah, CD lamb is better than AJ Brown. I'm like, are you smoking crack? Are you smoking dope? Like, come on, man, lay off the weed. <laughs> like, like, we got to stop playing here, man. Because CD Lamb is a better version of T. Higgins. Yeah, yeah, he's in that class. Exact, exactly. He's in that class. Like, C. do you Lamb, think he's better than Terry McLaurin? I don't think so. I don't I either. Per- I personally would take Terry McLaurin over CD because I think he's more physical and he still gives me everything that CD provides. That's just my opinion, though. So, um, I'm so honestly, you know, um. I'm throwing I'm throwing Sidney Brown on him, man. Why not? Why not? And if it's not working, damn it, Eli Ricks. Like you, you gotta you, you gotta try something. You got young guys back there, gotta make or break them, man. So I want somebody out there that's gonna get physical, get physical with him and make him really, really, really uncomfortable. Press him. You, do you, you press you do. the cowboy wide receivers, or do you stick to your style of defense that you're playing, or do you try to mix it up? They're expecting us to play off. They're expecting that. So I would mix it up, honestly. And, you know, I don't want Bradbury pressing anybody, if I'm being honest. I'm at that point now where Bradbury, I don't want you pressing a soul. He just doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have the get-back speed. You know what I'm saying? He just doesn't have that. Um, 
Slay, I wouldn't mind. But overall, they got to mix it up. They can't allow them to get the same look every single time. I, would, I, I wouldn't mind if they, you know, put those linebackers in the A-gap, fake like they're going to blitz, then all of a sudden have them drop back in coverage. You know what I'm saying? Like, you make him see one thing, and then another another complete different thing happens. So that's where I'm at with it. You, you got you to mix it up. You can't let him continue to see the same. And, and that's the thing about these good quarterbacks, right? If you let them see the same thing over and over and over, they're just going to just pick it apart every single time. So you have to mix it up with Dak Prescott. Say what you want about him. He has experience. He's been in the league for a long time. He's seen a lot of different defenses. He may not be a tier one quarterback, but at the end of the day, he's still processing. He's still learning. He's still seeing the game. So I wouldn't mix it up if I was Sean Desai. And that's the thing about Sean Desai. I trust him to be creative in this regard. You know, this is his first matchup against the Cowboys. You know, maybe he maybe he has something in store that Jonathan Gannon didn't have. Do you start Nicobe Dean? No. No. Do you play him? Unless somebody get hurt. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, man. He's done nothing to impress me over the past handful of weeks. And hey, been... tell the people so that they don't think you're hating why you're saying that. I'm okay. So I'll put it to you like this, right? When Nicholas Morrow came in, and as a matter of fact, the, the chat is actually more on board with what I'm saying than I look at it. I'm saying a lot of people say no. Oh, no, I see. No. He says yeah. it. You guys love him. I say it. You hate me. All right. But here's the thing. Honestly, I think that Commanders game really, really, um, really was the last draw for them. Because listen, Philly's been campaigning for Nicobe Dean all season, right? They've been doing it. But my thing is, Nicobe Dean in college, they didn't really ask him. To drop back in coverage. You know what they used him for? They used him as a blitzer. They used him in the run game. He And also, he was playing behind that defensive line, the best defense in college football. He wasn't really asked to really, like, stay with the guys in pass coverage. That wasn't what he was asked to do. He was asked to be a blitzer and all that kind of stuff and spy. So, so like, when I think about it from that perspective, I think about what Nicholas Morrow has been able to do, right? Again, Nicholas Morrow is not a stellar linebacker, but he's he was serviceable. Your pass defense wasn't a, as much of a liability with the linebackers. Zach Cunningham and Zach, Zach Cunningham and Morrow, they were developing chemistry and understanding. You dig what I'm saying? So yeah. when you throw Nicole Dean back out there, to me, it's like you're cutting in your nose to spite your face. Like, like, like this, like this ain't got nothing to do with me liking him. He's a cool dude. I like him, smart kid. I'm pretty sure he's a good guy, all that kind of stuff, but this ain't got nothing to do with that. I think he needs more football. He he does, but he ain't getting it this week. Nicholas Morrow, Nicholas like, Morrow needs to be out there, honestly. They need to work him in, in in winning situations. I mean, like I said, man, they threw him into a boiling pot of water, mm -hmm. expecting him to swim in it. Right. I would have felt better unfair. if he was an all-ball linebacker. I, would, I, I wouldn't even mind if they brought him in as a blitzer. But I don't want him dropping back in coverage. You dig what I'm saying? I, I just – I'm not comfortable with him right there. I, it's, it's no bad blood. I have, I'm, I'm not comfortable with him out there. I'm just not. Like – Eagles fans, like, we need to be honest with ourselves. When Nicholas Murrow and Cunningham were out there, we did not talk about the linebackers for weeks. Then all of a sudden, the Kobe Dean comes back, and we're starting to see holes again. It's not, a, it's not an accident. And a guy being targeted. Exactly. Right. Does the side bring pressure? Mm, I think he will in spurts, in spurts. But I think he's. I think what he's going to do, he's going to he's going to let his front four. Get off first. He's not going to just come out the gate and do that. I don't think. I think he's going to allow his front four to dictate what happens next. 
if my front four is getting home, if they're wreaking enough havoc out there, I'm not in a rush to blitz them because you still want you still want some guys back there in pass coverage, in my humble opinion. You're still dealing with a guy who's eight and three against you. So he knows he knows how to pick his defense apart. Um, I'm I'm definitely having my front four uh do their job uh early. And if they're not getting enough pressure, that's when I'll send uh that's when I'll send an additional guy. What if I were to tell you that the word over at the Novacare Center is that Kenny Gainwell is going to start the Cowboy game? Start? Start. Uh, uh, you, it's, 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 I checked the injury report. Swift's not on it. And, and, I know. So stop playing. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. You Lord know, can I, can I tell you? Okay, can I tell you what somebody told me? There's two. You know Sean Desai and Jeff Stoutland were at the University of Miami. Right. Do you know why they like them? Because they know the playbook better. Gainwell knows the playbook better. It's the only the reason that if you're not has, If you're not executing, what difference does it make? I get it. I said the same shit. Hey, does Gainwell have as many carries? He can't as Swift. He can't have as no, many carries. No, as Swift. no, it's, it's it's no, it's not close. No. How many how many games has uh, DeAndre Swift started? DeAndre Swift has started every single game. Give me one second. I'll give you the exact number though. But he started every single game. I'm not mistaken. He didn't start that first game. Let me see something really quickly. Give me one moment. They established here. Gainwell right away in that new Patriot game. All right. Let me see. DeAndre Swift. All right, so Swift, he – you're right, you're right. He didn't start the first game. The first game they tried to establish Gainwell, and then and then they realized, yeah, Swift's the more talented guy because when Swift when Swift did get on the field, he he was more explosive. He he showed an ability to he showed an ability to create more space. So, yeah. Uh, Swift didn't start that first game. That's my apologies. He didn't start that first game. Gainwell did, uh, but ever since then, Swift, Swift has been the starter. I would be, I would be completely shocked if they, if they started Kenny Gainwell over Swift. In I would too. I it, would, it wouldn't make sense because Kenny Gainwell has Gainwell has done nothing, nothing to in any category to show he deserves to get more snaps or start over Swift. Um, who do you establish in this game? Who is the guy that's going to be the person that beats the Cowboys? I know the easy answer is AJ Brown, but honestly, if you ask me, you got to you got you got to get Goddard going. I don't think they can defend Goddard. I don't, I don't think, think they so. have a guy in that. Fu- I you know what? Hey, can I tell you what I told? I know I'll I'll say this. I told Dan Quinn. I've known Dan Quinn twenty five years. I told Dan Quinn, you don't have a linebacker on that football team that could cover. Dallas Goddard, you know what his comment was? Well, they don't always establish him right away. And That's I go problem. like this. I go, so are you saying that they're coaching? He goes, I'm not saying anything. All I'm saying is I go by what they do. Last two weeks, they've tried to do it. So it's trending that way where they're trying to get him and Swift going in the passing game. Now, again, you know, the reason why Swift is starting is because the carries are down. And the carries are down because they don't want to beat him up. That's why he starts. If the carries were high, Gainwell would be starting. It wouldn't hmm. be DeAndre Swift, okay? 
There's a reason why when you see personnel groupings and settings, you have to look at who's being established and who's getting the touches on the ball. DeAndre Swift is getting more touches in the passing game than he is actually in the run game. I mean, if you think about it, Tone, you're seeing more passes that are going to him and Goddard in the first quarter than you are anything else that he's doing. And he's yeah. benefited the most by those two games when the people are going like this, well, he's fourth in the league. And yeah, that's like telling me that Chandler Jones a couple of years ago had seven sacks in one game, and they go like this, well, he finished with 11. Yeah, okay, great. Well, he had seven in one game. That right. doesn't mean he had a great year. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, uh, you bring up a good point. Um, I'm definitely looking to get Dallas Goddard going in this game. I feel like it's imperative. He's a guy that's – he's outside of A.J. Brown. I think he's their second most unguardable um, problem on offense. I don't see any team that can really stop him from a physical standpoint, stop him from a speed standpoint. Listen, he's too fast for linebackers. He's too physical for safeties. He's super athletic. He just every if you notice every time they give him the ball, it seems like he had he creates so much space between him and the defender. Right? They need to find a way to get him to get him the ball early, get him going because they they can't stop him. You you know the Cowboys are going to key in on on uh, AJ Brown. They're, they're going to try to double him. They're going to try to bracket him. They're going to try to do everything they can to keep him out of the game. Stephon Gilmore and help with the safety. He's going to have, they're going to be doing that. And now let me ask you this real quick: Do you think they're going to put Deron Bland? On Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. On, no. on, or, 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 or Gilmore on is your brand. They're going to put the more physical guy on him with help over the top. Mm. Like, they're not going to let him do a hitch and go. Which means that if he comes and then goes up and then he makes a post route, you're, right. he's, they're not going to let him. They're going to have him. Now, there's a great chance, AJ, because of his physicality, you know who they're going to play him like? They're going to play him like Aeneas Williams used to play Michael Irvin. Physical, hands. Gilmore's got a lot of – he's handsy like Darrell Rivas was out of, the, out of that old New England mentality, kind of trying to push him and hurt him towards the sidelines. Mm -hmm. Rivas had a great technique with his hip and his hands to try to get you over to the sidelines and right. use the sidelines for advantage. Well, AJ's too smart for that. He's a seasoned guy. So you could probably try to see some hitch and goes, but this is where it's going to be a problem because they're going to basically, without doing it, Tone, put two people on him. They're going to have a guy over the top in case he gets beat, and the guys who are going to have to really win this ball game are going to be Goddard and Devontae Smith. And what they're thinking, in my opinion, that's why I say Dallas has to get a lead. I think they, I think what they want them to do is they want them – to panic by not running the ball. So you think so you think they so you think they stack the box early on us? I think what they're going to try to do is have a little bit of leeway to have Jalen throw the ball. They'd rather win a war in the air than a war on the ground cuz they can't hang on the ground with you. On yeah, both sides yeah. of the ball, you can't have a ground attack like you have a better chance of beating – you know how some teams let teams score sometimes, Tone, late in game so you get the ball back right. and you get a chance with the clock? The Cowboys would rather give you the impression 
that there's open lanes for you to throw the ball so that you'll abandon the balance, which the Eagles have abandoned the balance this year. That's why the turnovers, they think this. And again, it's a chess game here. The Eagles getting away from, look at the self-inflicted wounds that they've had. Everyone's going, Hurts is playing great. Hurts' numbers are this and that. However, every game's close, and there's high turnovers. And that's what Dallas is seeing now. They're going to go like this. Well, I'll take my chance. He's going to turn the ball over, which he's turned the ball over in every game but one. And what we're going to see is higher percentage turnover plays. They'd rather play, Tone, the higher percentage turnover game that Jalen may make a mistake in the game, tip pass, fumble, which has been now a trend on the team, then go like this. Let's stack the box. Let's press them. Let's let's let let's push them into something we can't. De- Why would I, if I'm Dan Quinn, push you into something I can't defend? So you think this game is won and lost because of discipline? Yes, and I think discipline and play. I, calling, I agree with that. I agree with that. Discipline and play calling, and discipline and, and patience. Scheme. What about pa- patience as well? Right, because I patience. think. I, I, I personally believe the Philadelphia Eagles, they do have a, a propensity to lose patience. Um, Last three think, weeks dictate that. Yeah, they, they do. They do have moments where they lose. Patience. It was it was definitely evident in that Jets game. They lost patience too soon. Um, they went into that game thinking they needed to throw the ball across the yard against a Jets team where you you didn't have. You, why are you trying to ball off the Jets? Just win the game. You know what I'm saying? So just so. I do again. We we spoke about this uh, time and time again, and, and you know the tune is not going to change. They got to get that. They got to get the running game going. They have to establish it. You know they have to make Dallas respect it. You know what's so funny? I always pay a lot of attention to the first play call of a game hmm. because the first play call of a game tells me a lot about what you were thinking and what's the first thing you want to establish, right? In that Miami game, the first thing the Philadelphia Eagles did, they ran the ball. Actually, they ran the ball three straight times. So that told me, okay, they want to get that going, right? There are certain – in that Jets game, they threw the ball four straight times, three straight times, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Like, so, matter of fact, on that first drive, I think it actually was like – I can't remember the exact amount of plays. I think they ran like 18 – it was the 19-play drive. They ran 19 plays, 17 of the plays were passes. So I pay attention to the first play, the first couple of plays they're running. If, if the Philadelphia Eagles – First play or first two plays or run plays, I know their mind's in the right place. Do you think Brian Johnson's gotten better since week one as we're in the halfway point of the season? I think he has gotten better. Granted, he didn't start. What area? I think think he's gotten better in terms of. Feel? Feel and sequencing. I I think he's gotten a lot better with sequencing. You know. Situational play calling. Yeah. Red zone, despite those two fumbles, you know what's so crazy? If the Eagles didn't fumble those two times in the red zone against the Washington Commanders, do you know they would have been five for five? Yeah. Five for five. But instead, they were three for five. You know what I'm saying? Um, Against the Dolphins, uh, I believe they were four for six. Um, It it would have been four for five, but, you know, they had the ball on, on the last possession, and they decided to kneel it instead of score. You know what I mean? So they've been trending in the right direction in the red zone, right? And also, let's be honest, in that Washington game, I understand Washington's a team that's still up and coming, but, you know, there was no room for error in that second half for Brian Johnson. There was no room for error. And he said, you know what? I'm trusting I'm trusting my big money guys. 
I'm trusting the guys that we invest a lot in. He said, you know what? A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, make plays. And I can respect that because, you know, when, when all the chips are on the line, you want to go to you want to go to your money, guys. You know what I mean? And I, and I don't just mean money as far as how much they make. I mean, you know, they they cash in and know what to do. You know what I'm saying? Like in basketball, right? When you need that game on the shot, you're not giving it to Scottie Pippen. You're giving it to Jordan. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think the, I, I, one thing I will say about Brian Johnson, I think he's gotten better with sequencing. I think he's gotten better with feel. And I also think he's gotten a little bit better in terms of uh, situation and red zone. They're trending in the right direction. Still not perfect. But I but I, I definitely believe without a doubt he has improved. How much remains to be seen. How about Desai? You think he's improved since week one to week eight? I believe I, I feel like you know, or is so he funny? being hampered by injuries and to some extent um uh, a, a a scheme that was handed to him that he's you know, think about this too. He he may be in this scheme here, Tone learning how to put his pieces and his spin on what they want to do inside of what the organization wants to do. Yeah, that's a good point because if you know even even in Arizona, Gannon isn't running the same defense that he ran when he when he was here last year. He's running a variation. It's a little different. Um so I think Sean Desai, I think he's um I think I think he's trading water right now. I don't think he's gotten significantly better. I don't think he's I think he's gotten better from week 1 up until now. But I feel like he's plateaued. That that Washington game kind of plateaued him a little bit. Um, but I think he has been dealing with a lot of injuries on the back end. Again, we talk about this Eagles defense and what's required for it to succeed. You need communication. Those guys are constantly, you know, playing in zone concepts and are literally passing off guys. You know, you got to hear the same voices. You know what I'm saying? When you're constantly changing bodies, you're changing voices. You don't you don't necessarily expect you don't necessarily expect your teammate to be in one area, but he ends up being there in the first anyway. You know, it's all about knowing where guys are around you. And when you're constantly shuffling pieces like that, that defense can't work. That's the thing about the Philadelphia Eagles defense. That's the thing about the Vic Fangio defense in general. If you keep shuffling pieces, it won't work. You have to have continuity from a personnel standpoint. I mentioned this is the second week in a row. you got the same guys back there. you got more experience on the back end with Kevin Byard. I think they're going to play a much better game this week compared to compared to how they played last week. And we talk about it all the time. It's a week-to-week league, man. You know, you may you may suck against a team that's not as good as the last team that you knocked off. So I think I think Sean Desai's defense bounces back. I definitely I definitely believe that because they have more continuity. Guys are getting healthier. You know, DC just brought this up in the super chat here, and he said that Hurts has like the longest starting streak in the NFC East as a starting quarterback right now. And this goes back to a little bit of what we were talking about with Jacoby Dean. You know, when when you have continuity and you're playing week in and week out and you're getting rep and rep and rep, you're it's like anything you do in life. You ever tried bowling or you ever tried playing pool? The more you do it, the better you get at it. No matter whatever yeah. it becomes. And that's what Jan and what make is making Jan. Oh, he's talking about he's talking about Dak. He's saying Dak has the long Dak is the longest tenured quarterback in the NFC East. So oh, he's, he's talking he's Dak. Saying, well, right, 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 that's right, right. Why Dak does that could have that could be because hey, dude, again. Tendencies. Exactly. exactly. How do you defend Dak? He's talking about Dak. Thank you, Matt. Um, yeah. How do you defend Dak in this game? And by the way, does he scare you? He's had Dak never of all quarterbacks in the NFL today. He's had the most success and has been the biggest thorn 
in the Eagles' backside the last decade. That's true. That's true. Um, Think about that for a second, Tony. Even Mahomes. Yeah. Mahomes and him have been the biggest thorns. Yeah. He doesn't necessarily scare me. It's more so I know what he's capable of. So I think it's important that the Philadelphia Eagles have that same mindset. So I think for me, if I want to attack Dak, I need to force – again, this is where complimentary football comes in. If the Eagles score first, now you're putting Dak in a position where he has to somewhat win the game, and that's never been Dak's strong suit. You have to put him in a situation where he has to – he has to do it. You dig what I'm saying? He has to be the one to beat you in a crucial moment. I think you force them in a lot of third and longs. You got to find a way to, you got to win first down, first and foremost. You got to win first down. You put Dak in a situation where he has to hold on to that ball much longer than what he wants to. You get home. Again, it, it, it sounds like a broken record, but you got to, your front four, your defensive line has to wreak havoc in this game. They got to get hands and feet on Dak Prescott. They got to make him uncomfortable back there. They got to, they got to have him saying ghost, honestly. This is, this is, in my opinion, okay, I've been in some of these type of meetings, obviously. And when you're game planning a guy like a Montana or an Elway or a Brady or any of these guys, the first things you look at are what makes them uncomfortable, what you just said. I don't want Dak Prescott rolling right. So I'm going to bring pressure off the hash, Mm. making him move left because he has a propensity to throw high. Yes. Again, don't, I, you know, you know, I hate saying this because it sounds like I'm giving, you know, info to Dan Quinn, but I'm like, you move Dak Prescott to his left. Um, he has a propensity to throw more picks from the left hash. Look at the stats. I looked him up. He throws more picks when he rolls left and he's out in the perimeter. When he's in a comfort zone and he's looking for passing lanes, he likes to run left. And he doesn't. He does what Roethlisberger did. He's not looking to get up field vertically. He wants to go horizontally because he's trying to find a passing lane somewhere in there by creating it with his feet. Yeah. See, Roethlisberger was sensational at doing this. I mean, Tone. He would drop back and he would move just a couple feet inside the pocket mm-hmm. to move the safety or the linebackers over so that he can come back to a second read. He was great at doing that, and that's what Dak. You can't allow him to dictate the tempo of the passing game. Uh, do you trust Mike McCarthy or Brian Johnson? Well, I trust Mike <laughs> McCarthy more because Mike McCarthy yeah, has, has experience. a Super Bowl and has been in the league longer and has been doing it longer. Has a track I record. Mean, you guys, you know, you don't want to give credit. I mean, you want to give Nick Sirianni credit for being a good coach, but you want to take the credit away from Mike McCarthy for winning one. I mean, you can't have it both ways. You Let me ask you a question really quick. Sirianni's a great coach, and he lost the Super Bowl, and yet McCarthy was the play-calling head coach, and he won it. You can't have it both ways like that. I mean, so when people go, well, I tr-, you can't trust Brian Johnson more. Now, do I think he's getting better? I do. And I'll tell you something else too, Tone, on Jalen Hurts. This is what I would do if I was Dan Quinn to Hertz. Um, you you you've got to make him 
not want to run the ball. Look, they don't have to stop the run. The Eagles will stop the run if you bait them into it. Right. And I said that, and I go, he's like, what do you mean? I go, they don't want to anymore. They don't have a back. They haven't replaced Sanders. Sanders was a harder runner. They trusted him more. They have abandoned the run game. The last three weeks, they've abandoned it. They had two good games, and all of a sudden, I mean, 23 attempts in the last three weeks dictates that's a fundamental mentality of what they're doing. Now, is that because of the bone bruise? It could be. But the limiting of Jalen's rushing attempts has affected the balance. It's not – I don't fear this offense as much as I – like, get this, Tone. I don't fear this offense this year as much as I did last year's. And here's why. Devontae was more of a force. Goddard was more of a force. uh, AJ was a force. And Sanders and Hurts were a force. Don't you agree the balance is lost this year? And that's the one dynamic that's different. Sure, you're getting more passing. You got more passing yards. Everyone's happy with that. But you got more turnovers, what makes the game – the turnovers are what is making the games close. Exactly. They gotta they they gotta get that in check again. So think, think about that though. They'd rather have the high turnovers tone and have the games close than the balance. That's what Quinn is saying. You get a lead on them. They don't believe the they don't the cowboy coaches do not believe that they will have the patience and the poise to stay with that fundamental. I think I think this week they will. I think this week they will because the the blueprint for the Cowboys is pretty clear cut. It is. It's pretty clear cut. But, but you have to be. They've gone against the last three weeks. But you got to be disciplined enough to okay. stick with it. Okay. Because 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 they're going to break at some point. But you got to be disciplined enough. I I think this week they will. I think I think so. I think the guy you get going is Swift in the run game. Not swift in the passing game. Yes, yes, yes. Swift in the run game, not swift in the passing game. Yes. Give them twenty-five like, carries. You're going into a bye. Yeah, I feel like I feel like too often they um they try to get him going to the passing game. I'm like, no, no, get him going in the run game. Get him going there because he's still he's still as explosive. If you ask me, Tone, I think he could get 125 yards this week. Man, but I think will he, they I, have I, the poison? Well, they have the poise and patience tone to do that. Hey, listen, it's the million-dollar question, so we're going to find out, man. Isn't that crazy, though? Get this. This comes down to arrogance and ego and coaching that you could be put in a position that you could cost yourself a game if you fundamentally don't approach your game plan right. And we've seen games this year where we were all scratching our heads sometimes going, why are they going with those personnel settings? Why are they not using this guy? Why are they not targeting this guy? Why has this guy got a goose egg and attempts and targets? What's going on here? Why are they getting away from the – see, the numbers look good, but the balance doesn't. Exactly. The fear of the Eagles a year ago was hurts in the balance of the offense. They've theoretically taken dual threat away. I think they've taken the run game for granted. I think they've, they've conditioned themselves to think that, oh, they can just run whenever they want. And no, you can't. 
You can't because you've saw over the past over the past few weeks, we've seen that you can't. So start be in be intentional with getting your run game going. If you if you if you come in with the mindset, you guys, we're gonna get this run game going. Because the, the pass game, it's gonna come. It's gonna come. But that run game, you gotta start off strong there. You know, if you don't get your run game going, it's kind of hard to lean into it later on in the game. It's kind of hard. You know, so the Eagles have shown the ability to do that, but they haven't been able to do that over the past three weeks. They got to get back. They, they got to get back to the basics. Look at what Ryan said. Ryan just said that the Cowboys aren't on the Eagles level. Neither were the, neither were the Jets. It's not okay. about who's on the level. It's about who's on. The, it's, all, it's all about who brings it that day. Do you think that poor coaching cost the Eagles that football game? The Jets game? Yeah. Yeah, poor coaching and turnovers for sure. Yeah, poor coaching and turnovers. Two things that can be controlled. <laughs> hey, player accountability, coaching decisions. Could cost you the Cowboy game on Sunday if you don't play the game right. And you exactly. know what's crazy, Tone? You don't have to overcook it. You don't got to. You really don't got to overcook Just it. Just punch him in the face first. Exactly. Get your, get your offensive line confident. Get them going forward. You know what I'm saying? Impose your will on those edge rushers, on those on, on that defensive line. Make them feel you. And then at that point, then they'll think twice about, you know, coming forward. Well, but again, I think I think this is a week where I think this is a week where they do maintain discipline. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a game where Jalen Hurst throws the ball 35 times, the Eagles run the ball 30 times. What did you think the mayor of Philly was going to say? What did you think I was going to say, baby? What did you think I was going to say? <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 absolutely, man. I think we're going to see coaching like you saw Andy Reid and Doug Peterson wrapped up in one guy. The Nick Sirianni is going to coach his ass off. It's going to be his greatest game. Jalen's going to go for 450. Devontae's getting 125. AJ's going to at least have 200. Shit. Oh, man. Are you that's, kidding me? That's wishful thinking. Hey, and wishful then, thinking. And it goes like this 46 2. <laughs> Can you even get two in a football game? Yeah, you get a safety. safety. <laughs> and that's because you kick it through the back of the end zone because you want to embarrass some more. Oh, man. That's hilarious. Um, I can't wait till tomorrow to give our predictions, man. It's going to be fun. Hey, 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 tell real quick, man. So, like, we beat the Gators so bad. We beat them thirty-one nothing. We're beating them thirty-one nothing. Jimmy dropped the ball on the, put the ball on the ground. Told the kicker to kick it through the back of the end zone. Beat them thirty-one <laughs> two. I swear. Hey, it was more. It was so embarrassing. Um, hey, he told him. He told the punter to drop it, kick it through the back of the end zone. Oh First my God. He, gave, he gave him two points as the clock, clock was kicking off. True story. That's cold blood. Just, 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 just get me by. Just shut me out. Beat me forty four, whatever it is, zero. Don't, don't, don't give me two points, man. This ain't, this ain't a basketball game. Don't give me two no, no, he, he, he kicked it through because he wanted to say the only way you were going to score was us doing this because you weren't going to do anything else. That was more embarrassing. I was like, that's oh, worse. God. I that's put worse. my hand over my. I went over to shake some of my friends' hands. And I went like this. I go, hey, I don't know. Tone, great stuff, my friend. Yes, sir. It's always fun. You got it, man, Ryan. Says need everything to go their way to win. Birds don't. True. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're gonna have a little fun. My midseason awards. Player of the year, MVP, defensive rookie of the year. We'll do all that. Talk more cowboys and birds. I thought that stat 23 rushes in the last three games in the first half was a telling stat. I got that from the Cowboys today. But hey. 
It is happy wings giving for Hooters. Happy wings givings. That's right, man. Right now, during this month of November, you get an opportunity to enjoy some of the great specials. And the Iconic Girls want to thank you. The Iconic Hooter Girls want to thank you with all these great specials each and every single day for the month of November. Ice Cold Coors Lights, $2.99, 25 cents goes to a local charity. How about this one, too? The calendars are out. The 2024 calendars. I've actually been a judge down in Fort Lauderdale and in Vegas when we were doing the calendars. I've been involved with Hooters now for over 40 years. Go to northeasthooters.com. By the way, inside those calendars, if you buy one, $100 in gift certificates. Some of the specials, Monday through Friday, 1130 through 3. Boneless wings, absolutely fabulous. Happy hour, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6. Six items, 6 bucks. Get the fried pickles, sensational. Seafood Sundays, half price off. I love the steamers. I love the buffalo shrimp. Military Mondays, 20% off. Tuesday. Buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free. And, of course, the legendary Wing Wednesdays, 1983, all you can eat. NortheastTutors.com. That's NortheastTutors.com. When we roll into any one of the places, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428-267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Grossinger is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. 
E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Damn, that picked up quick. Man, a lot of people watch the show that are in the media. You see a tone that's going all over already. The Cowboys apparently can't wait. And all of a sudden, other news sources that cover the Eagles are now posting it. I got it over here on my Instagram, too. Tony, you ever hear of Broad Street Birds? Do you hear the Broad Street Birds? Romer, Cowboy receivers can't wait to play the Eagles secondary. Been laughing at them in practice. <laughs> oh, hey, rock steady. The Novacare Center. Troy Aikman was watching yesterday. Okay. Big Seals, did you just give Eagles bullet board material? Hey, hey, Tone, look at what I just did. I just gave the Philadelphia Eagles because they know my Stephen Jones has been on the program four times. You know, I know these people in the organization. You know, I do I dare bring the helmet out? <laughs> that, that tweet. Way to go, James. James is so good. RIT guy. I love that guy, man. He's so dope. We just gave the Eagles bulletin board. Hey, Darius, I know you checked the show out. Let's pick your game up a little. You're looking like an old man. Okay? Hey, tell Bradbury to take that cement shoe off. And don't play Dean. He needs to be in the XFL next year. Get him some reps, then bring him back, and we're good. By the way, I don't think the kid sucks. Cowboys are laughing at you. They think, hey, get this. Here's the word Eagle guys. They think you guys are slow. Brotherly goes, Dan, you a Cowboy fan? Why? Because I played there a little bit? No. No. Dude, I told you. The only place that I kind of have an affection for is the places that I played. Tampa and Miami football. That's it. And most notably, Canes football. That's it. That's it. Hey, 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 Tone. Leading the witness. Oh, professionally. Pride cometh before the fall. <laughs> Cowgirl. <laughs> Look at Tone, man. Any chance to talk shit on the Dallas Cowboys? He's there for you guys. He is there. Big sales. If Steam plays, do the Eagles lose? No. I don't care if you had five Steens up there blocking. Cowboys run defense blows. And what, what by the way, where's missing Smith? Or in other words, Mozzie Smith. No, or missing Parsons. You know, that's Michael Parsons. Is 
Hey, hey, James, you post this one too. All I got to say about our boy Missing Parsons, a.k.a. Micah Parsons, show me that you're not afraid of Lane Johnson. Hey, you want to know something? Wait a minute. I got to – I got – hey, hey, I have got to do this. Tone, I'm going to show you. Sports Illustrated called me the greatest shit talker in the history of sports. You want to hear it? You want me to start a war? <laughs> hey, you want me to end a war? That White House should look into Sills doing things for him. Rick Riley, Dan Cilio, Penn State, minus one for inciting a riot. Okay. I got to find this article. Rick Riley, Dan Cilio, Penn State. Got to find it. So I'm going to paraphrase it for you. Dan Cilio, second best thing to the boss. Quotability. These guys are bums. They won't do a thing with us. We've played our tough game. This is just finishing the season off. I say we beat them by 28 points. Rick Riley, who was a writer for SI, goes, plus one for quotability, minus three for inciting a riot. <laughs> if, if you Google that, you can find it. Oh, I could start a riot. Oh, you bet. I talked more shit before the game, and my coach allowed me to. <clears throat> oh, I would just talk all kinds of trash. <coughs> you think what? Because I do this now? That this made me talk trash? This is a precursor to the shit I used to do. This is stuff that used to happen. I, I, I can't tell you how awful I was when I, when I would talk to people in games and the stuff that I would say to people like Tim Brown. Hey, Tim, you got your girlfriend in the stands? Tim Brown goes. And all of a sudden, all the Canes guys go. <laughs> We're all going like this. Damn, you got four catches and seven yards. You won the Heisman? Got to give me a break, guy. <laughs> Dan, the mouth of the South. That's what they called me. Google it. Oh, yeah. That's my, hey, hey, the new validation is Googling it. Google it. Isn't that crazy? Back in the day when I first started in radio, I couldn't validate. I couldn't validate any of my stuff because I didn't carry clippings with me, right? Now you just go like this. Just Google it. Rick Riley said that I incited a riot. The Cowboys are laughing at the Eagles. They're laughing at the Eagles secondary. Hey, Slay, Bradbury. Kevin Byard, they're laughing at you. Laughing. Wow. 
they think it's a big play opportunity for the youngsters to get their game going and CD in the slot. You don't have a guy that can cover him, they say. Tone wants to put the youngster on him. Let me text Michael Irvin. Shit, Tone, I'm going to throw your ass into this. Coach Tone, the Shields, says that they're going to put Sidney Brown <laughs> on CD Lamb. Coach, you're, you're not you're not the mayor today. You're now the official coach of the secondary of the Big Sill Show here, known as the National Football Show. Okay. That was fast. Why are you causing this shit? (laughs) Oh, my God. All right, it's getting around the Cowboy locker room now. I think I've started a war. Oh, I think it's really funny that the Cowboys are laughing, but haven't won anything since the nineties, but they're the first ones to gloat about beating the shitty giants. Sorry, David. I had to add the shitty giants. <clears throat> yeah, hey, no, no, how I how how I'm not getting crazy, how how Ricks can't keep up with Lamb. I agree, Yale. That's why they're laughing. I said that they want to put Eli Ricks on him. He'll kill him. They said Sam Howell threw for 400 yards. Wait till Dak gets a hold of this guy. I'm like, well, Dak's better than Howell, isn't he? Come on, how, how? <laughs> Come on, how, how? Oh, yeah, and you're slow. Wait, wait, what's the words? They're not the fastest guys in the secondary as a unit. And the offensive coaches believe they're going to have a big day on Sunday. Should I get the cowboy helmet out again? Should I, hey, should I, should I get the cowboy hat out? <laughs> Don't go them to turn the damn show off. Tread, <laughs> Tread lightly, Sills. What do you mean? Wait, what? What I'm saying or the hat? <laughs> or the lid? Are you talking about the lid? Tone don't want to see that helmet again, do you, Tone? <laughs> it might it might be the first time where Tone cuts the show off and goes, hey, we have technical difficulties. And there's something wrong with the screen. <laughs> we could use it as a mop bucket. <laughs> hey, Sills, you know what I could do? Pull the star off and use it as a wing helmet. 
throw my wings in it, or I could take a dump in it when I have to go out hunting, you know? Not that I think you're a hunter, because I'm not either. <laughs> hey, brotherly tough goes, Dallas, the Dallas helmet makes a good shit box. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I missed the helmet segment. <laughs> oh, man. The Devil Star, we riot. Neil says, you guys are nuts, man. So, once again, Dan Cilio starts another war. Oh, God, am I great at it. <laughs> Who's better than us starting a war? Let me see how this, this thing is blowing up right now. Rumor is the Cowboy receivers. But, hey, I got to hand it to James, man. Oh, my God, yeah. This is things blown up. I can't wait to see this. You know how many Cowboy guys? Do you know how many Cowboy guys are going to text me tonight over this thing? Troy Aikman's going to go crazy. <laughs> hey. Aiding at a batting. <laughs> All right, let me do some fun stuff here. My midseason awards. I was supposed to do this hours ago. Hey, Rocksteady. I want to start a war with them. Don't you? I don't want this to be a football game. I want this to be a war. I don't want anybody to tell me it's just another game on the schedule. Because it's not. I want a war Sunday. I want hand-to-hand -hand combat. I want like you're in a trench in World War I. And you're fighting hand-to-hand. -hand. And the best man comes out on top. That's the shit I want. That's the kind of game I'm looking for. Any means necessary to win. Dude, I don't want a friendly contest. Cowboys and Eagles is nothing friendly about it. Man, I'll tell you something. And I'm not saying you guys in here are saying that. Our society today believes in sportsmanship. Fuck that. I believe in the best win and the strong survive. I don't believe in that. Hey, you know what? Good game. I, I, that is nothing to, I want a killer mentality, man. I want you to go into that game looking at Dallas going, your season's about to take a dip. Your season doesn't matter what the warrior, hey, when you go to war with your army, Marines, Navy, Air Force, Rangers, it doesn't matter who the soldiers are. It matters what the attitude of the soldiers and the squad is. When you're fighting the enemy and you're fighting the Ruskies and you're going to fight the Russians, I don't give a shit that we fought in 1919, 1945. We fought North Korea in... The fifth, I don't give a shit. Those, those people are the enemies. 
not the people, the governments, are the enemy. That's the enemy. I wear that uniform, whether it's in 1990 or in 2024, 23, 30, whatever. I want to kill Dallas, vice versa. See, the society that we live in today, people are on campuses protesting the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Why don't you protest love? Okay? Well, when you're on a football field, there's places for love and places for warriors. Don't make them both love fest. It's not. Sports has nothing to do with res- you know how you do you know how you respect your opponent? You play hard against them, not kiss his ass. That's not that's not respecting your opponent. Respecting your opponent is getting your ass not respecting your opponent is getting your ass kicked and thanking him for it after. It's a loser mentality. Don't forget. They got to come to Philly too, and the fan base is going to have it. <laughs> Not going to have it. You just put the referees against them too. Playing sports and taking fire, totally different. Well, if people don't know that, then they're idiots. That's a people thing, Yell. Anybody in their right mind would know that it's an analogy. And the people in our society today try to tie analogies into reality and euphemisms and things when people are using warrior and mentalities that many people, including me, were trained by former military people. Isn't that funny? The old school military people that I was trained by and how like Bob Knight and all those guys were trained. Um, when they train you like a military person, when you knew, use the analogies of the military, you're disrespecting people. When yet you were trained by that same fundamental mentality of boot camps. You, they want you to take that out, even though you were trained to have that same mentality as the army guys. I mean, I told you when I started the show off, one of the biggest influences we had was Bob Knight. Coming to my house and having dinner with my pop. Playing golf with him. George Talaferro. These guys weren't soft. Hey, good game. <laughs> Whatever. Right? <clears throat> hey, Rocksteady. This is what I do. If I'm up 20 points against the Cowboys and I'm on the five, I ain't taking a knee. I'm going to run it in on you. Ain't my fault you couldn't stop him. And you can call it poor sportsmanship all you want. That's not a you thing. Wait, really? Why, why did you feel the need to embarrass him? Because that's what you do to Dallas. Yeah, but that's not good sportsmanship. I don't care. That's called good football. Now we don't take any shit from you. As a matter of fact, I probably won't do it to another opponent, but I'm doing it to you. Hey, you know what I, hey, hey, Tone, how about this one? 
And you know what I might do if I'm if I'm the Eagles? I might just run a 19-play drive, a tush-push. See if you could stop it. <laughs> I don't believe they can. Could you imagine if the Eagles came out to open the game and scored a touchdown running a 10-play tush-push drive? Every play was the push-tush. And all they do is methodically going down the field like an army brigade going down the center of the field. And then they stick it in on a tush push on a 19 play tush push drive. That would be the most iconic thing I've ever seen. Right? Just ram it down their throat. The Giants-Jets game was like watching Army-Navy 1905. I know. Some of the stats in that game were ridiculous. Prone to penalties. Link loud as hell. False starts. Hey, can you imagine, man, a 19-play push-tush drive? That would be so dope. <laughs> Damn, we can't stop it. <laughs> we haven't even got – we didn't. We opened one play. Can you – hey, think of that. The Eagles just start running that tush-push play. We ran one play at you for 14 minutes and scored on you running one play. That's how you take the heart and soul out of somebody. How many plays did you drive? How many plays did you use on that opening play drive? Three. (laughs) And I scored. We used three plays and went 80 yards on you. Hey, tush push for 32 minute drive. <laughs> Dude. I, I don't hey, and I don't believe the Cowboys can stop it. If Rock Steady goes like this, hey, you're right. Rock Steady, listen. Yeah, this is uh Commissioner Goodell. Well, yeah, we have to cancel this game. <laughs> we're gonna change the rule. Either that or we're gonna change the rule. Get Rich McKay on the horn right now. Get the competition committee on the horn right now. We are changing the rule right now on the touch-push play. Who was tougher to play in your day, us or the or, or the Cowboys? Gang Green. Do you like what Jimmy Johnson used to do? Don't take your foot off the pedal. Put him in a headlock and don't let him up. Q, the reason why you teach a team to do that is because you never want your team to play down to competition. If you can't stop someone, we beat Notre Dame 51, no, 57 to three. I think it was 57. Am I right? Guys, some guys in here know. We beat the, we beat Notre Dame like 50, 57, three or some shit or 58, seven. We beat them by 51 points. Jimmy's running reverses and shit. And we we get to the we get to the press conferences and people were going like this to us. Why 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 did you embarrass Notre Dame? I was like, I thought people were crazy. I'm like, what do you mean embarrass Notre Dame? Our third team was out there. Every guy that played in the game had his pads off. That that was a Notre Dame thing. They didn't want to play, they quit. Why should we quit playing? Why should I tell my players to stop playing? We, we kept running reverses. Minute left in the game. We're running reverses. Okay? We beat the – Notre Dame's biggest defeat in the history of the school was by my program and my team. We beat them up. 
They quit. Waved the white flag. It's Jerry Fouts' last game. Beat him 58-7. Beat him 51 points. Shit, I don't think anybody really played in that game. We just killed him. But Jimmy's like this. We ain't letting up. We're going to run that team into the ground. And they don't like it. I got back to Connecticut and my high school, which is a Catholic high school that I went to. The nuns gave me shit for it. How could you beat Notre Dame like that? I was like, like what? Why'd you embarrass them on national TV? You know, all the people that we know at Notre Dame, you know, our school's tied into Notre Dame. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm a Catholic high guy. Crushed them. <laughs> Killed that team. I got to take a timeout. I will get to my halfway through the season, my mid-season awards for the NFL. Plus, Jason Cole's going to join us. That'll be at 5.30, our NFL insider. Power Hour's coming up right around the corner. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit.
E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Dallas Grants Matter. Forgiving, forgiving Eagle guys, bulletin board material. Every news source is picking it up now. Tone, it's everywhere. Romar S. The Cowboys receivers are laughing at the secondary of the Eagles. So, hey, I, I have to show you this. So see this there? This is like, this was a Sports Illustrated article here at Joe Pod to cover. See this here? Okay, and in here, Riley starts talking. And here, largest head, okay. No, 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 Beano Cook, da-da-da-da. Remember Beano Cook? Ask Cole if he's related to... Oh, King Cole. You mean Nat King Cole, ding dong. How about this one here? Hold on, I'll get it. Okay, hold on. Uh, the most obnoxious person on the planet. <laughs> okay, here it is. This is from the vault of Sports Illustrated. See, big sales there. Next best thing to the Boz. Miami defensive tackle can both knock and talk you. Cilio, I never liked Penn State in high school and still don't, he says. They're conceited. I was all everything out of high school, which is true. They came and knocked on my <laughs> they came and knocked at me, looked at me. They wanted me to play linebacker. I wanted to play nose. I had a two-four grade point average. And they had all those three nine guys. They said, son, I don't think you have enough. I think you'd have enough trouble. I think you'd have enough trouble getting into a junior college. I said, what? I go, okay. I wasn't interested in Penn State anyway. And if we get ahead, they'll have to start throwing. And it could be a long game. I'm saying a 10-point win. 14-point win if Vinny comes out. By the way, we held him to six first downs. And this is what Riley wrote at the end. He goes like this. Our best game was Oklahoma. Miami, minus one for quotability, minus two for inciting a riot. <laughs> Big Sills inciting a riot. Really? Oh man. Hey, look at look at Twiz. Two point grade point average. Fitz. Hey Twiz, you know what my degree was at Miami? Folding dollar bills up into my wallet when I went to the NFL. That's what my degree was. You think I went to Miami to be a lawyer? <laughs> or a bail bondsman? I could have stayed at home. <laughs> hey, Rock Steady. Sills, hey, Rocksteady, you're missing. Your boy was there too with me. He caused as much shit as I did. Look, look, hey, 
Tone, if you ever get a chance one day, okay, you ever get a chance, look at the book that Mike Missanelli wrote on Jerome and I. <laughs> Just re let's read the book. There's, there, he, there's chapters of us in there in that book and what a menace we were and how much shit we talked and how crazy and nuts. Dude, the guy next to me that played in Philly was just a psycho. Hey, am I surprised that I'm still here? Am I surprised that Jerome's not? We both never thought we would be. We had a pact. Why do you think I check on D Brown to this day as kid? We made a pact, drunk as hell, at Kevin Fagan's house. If one of us doesn't make it, we'll always check on the other guy's kids. And that's a brotherly pact that I've kept since. That's why I keep his, his memory alive for his son. <laughs> hey, Silio started World Hey, Tone, looks like, looks like we started. Yeah, in real, you don't even know the rule. You don't know why I only start, only played in, actually wasn't 10. It was 14. So that number's wrong. You have no idea why. Okay, and I'm not going to go into it because that's it's old history. Big Seal started a, a World War Three between the e hey I started World War Three between the Eagles and Cowboys. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, Sills was a baller at you. Just saw the highlights. Now he looks like a meatball. Thank you. True. By the way, um, 34T, you're true. I have to check the YouTube just to make sure I was an athlete at one time because every time I look in a mirror, I don't believe it anymore myself because I, I can't believe I was that guy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sills in the secondary. Do you have opinion on who should start the slot? Tone wants to have uh, Sidney Brown in there. I'd rather have a more experienced dude in there. I would. Hey, look at L look at LJ. I'm defending Cilio on Twitter. What the F? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, remember something, LJ, remember this. Only you can start forest fires. No, no, listen, just remember this. Only you and the people that watch the show and the base in Philly and the football base like Florida and places that know me, places that I talk sports in, only you guys could talk shit on me. Because I would never let anybody talk shit on you guys either. Someone kill me now. <laughs> Maniac's always going to be a shit talker. Sills, you just started a nuclear war. <laughs> That's, you see, hey, 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 Joe cried. Joe and Xander are probably going like this. Hey, Joe and Xander. This is why you, hey, everyone goes, why does this guy have a job? Here it is. <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, here to I hey, brotherly tough. I like I like Kevin Byard in the in, in the slot too. I like that. Okay, I like that. I'd like that too, man. I do. I like that. Are you a big brother or are we sales? <laughs> you know, I got you, man. You guys are all the, that's great. You're hey, at Dan Cilio show. At Dan Cilio show. Defend, hey, Philly, Cal, I'm defending you. I'm starting a war with the Cowboys for you. Wait, you didn't think we had that kind of toy Aikman watched the show yesterday? He's probably watching it now. We started a war. No, no. Senor, I love the fans. You guys are psycho like me. <laughs> Matt, Matt goes, shit, man. I have to like this guy now? I can't do it, but I might have to. Just because Matt <laughs> Sills is a soldier standing in that one spot for hours just to talk shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't even get to my awards. I got to, I'm going to take a time out here. Cause we got Jason Cole at the bottom of the hour in the final hour here. I like you more and more every day as you keep siding with Eagle fans. Shut up, senor. I like you more when you're a bastard. <laughs> All right. Let me take a time out as this war now has gone to DEFCOM four. Okay. We wanted to get to DEFCOM five by Friday. Okay. Get it. Hey, hey, Tone, have you seen what's going on on Twitter? <laughs> word is the Eagle Re the word is <laughs> not even sources. Word is. All right, hit the like button, please. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Grossinger is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. show so many f-bombs here reminds me of my uncle ronnie's house hey brotherly tough you want to hear more f-bombs all you got to do is tune on espn and watch that mcafee show i i've never heard more f-bombs and it's on like the network i've heard more gay innuendos more f-bombs more swearing on a espn show than possibly in the history of espn I, I, I can't, I've never seen anything like it. You hold me accountable for something that I said a hundred million years ago. These guys are dropping F-bombs and mother effers every second. And I'm going like this, come again. I'm like, come again. Sorry, Matt. McAfee ain't saving that dying ship. ESPN's trying to sell, or Disney's trying to sell that thing. He ain't saving that thing. That thing's going, you know what they want to go? They want to go digital. They want to take live programming away and go digital and do what we're doing. They want to turn it into like their um, ESPN website and put the shows all on the website and take it off the dish because you know why? People don't want ESPN anymore. They don't want it part of their cable package. Because it's too expensive because of the property rights. Look at what happened with the Padres yesterday. The Padres had to take a $50 million loan out so that they could pay their players because they lost that Bally Sports TV deal because no one was buying it. Bally Sports went belly up in certain markets. 
had to take a loan out. You think the chances of them re-signing Juan Soto now? Absolutely not. He'll be a hey, Juan Soto will be playing in Philly in a month coming to you real soon. Either there or New York with the Mets. Because they got their own TV networks, SNY, Comcast. They're not Bally Sports. They had to take a $50 million loan up to pay their to pay Manny Machado and Tatis and Soto. <laughs> okay. Hey, that's one way to run your team, man. Into the ground. Oh, by the way, it is just going. You see the cow- Cowboy media guys, too. These guys get so butthurt. You, you get this. It, here, here's the new one. Hey, hey, uh, Tone. James is on his. He is on his A game today. Not that he's not ever on his A game. Big Sills, Dan Cilio. I've got to say something to Micah Parsons. All I got to say to Micah Parsons is. Show me you're not afraid of Lane Johnson. Oh, that, you know, we, me and him have gone in a back and forth before. I won't be shocked if he doesn't respond. <laughs> I will not be shocked if he doesn't. Okay. And here, what, what's even great about the way James posted this and how he posted this. Look at this. According to my source, who was there at the Cowboy Complex, it's true, said the wide receiver group are laughing at the Eagles secondary. <laughs> this this never happened. It, no, a Dallas Cowboy, a Dallas Cowboy rider. Let me see. I don't even know who this fish is. He's just another dude. Hey, if I never, hey, if I don't know who you are, you're nobody. Tone, Tone has more validity than this guy. And he just started 14 days ago. I'm kidding. Let's see here. This never happened. This is untrue. This guy's just a clickbait monster. Really? You got that now? (laughs) Hey, what's it? Hey, Cilio just wants views. Likes and clicks. Hello? Is that not what we're doing here? Oh, that's right. I forgot. Journalism sells. (laughs) Content. Look at Twiz. Look at Twiz getting it. Journalism. Dan Patrick said this the other day. Journalism, it's spelled with little letters now. Because journalism doesn't sell. Little letters. But you still got the little people out there going, you know, I would never throw anything out there like this here, and I would never say anything like this here because, you know, (laughs) well, then no one's watching you. (laughs) You think they they turn turn into you for your insight or for your entertainment? value you think they watch pat mcafee because pat mcafee is he's entertaining and charlie sheen's voice cue ball 
Winning. Totally. Are you a Dan Patrick fan? Oh, my God, am I? Absolutely, I am. You know what? It's not my style, but I love the way Dan Patrick. I like the way Dan Patrick presents his show. It's not my style, but I love I love how certain styles are. He's calm. He's conversational. He's got great guests. He's got great insight. I also like McAfee. Okay? I also like McAfee. So I like certain styles. Um, I think people, I like entertainers. I don't really like somebody just like the WFAN radio guys. The only entertaining show on that thing, Spike Eskin has destroyed that station. Um, and with the way that they're doing it with those honks and those hacks that they have that are throughout the desk of the day part, the morning show is fabulous. The morning show could easily be the best morning radio show of all time. And that even is better than Carton. Now, Boomer's been a great, great host there. But the rest of those shows are awful now. But you don't really have to be journalist. Or, you know, you're, you know, you have some type of, like, they're not very entertaining. I mean, I mean Mike and the Mad Dog, for whatever you want to say about them, they were entertaining. Bitching at each other, screaming at each other. Um, Eisen, I'm not really a fan of that show. I think he, I think he talks too much politics with his side of the aisle and, you know, he'll he'll go after somebody who didn't get vaccine vaccinations and shit like that. And just dumb shit. Like he was all for Michigan, like not playing football because of some Penn State guy saying that guys had enlarged hearts because of COVID. Turned out it was a theory and he subscribed to it. So he was pushing false information. And to me, man, I mean, stay out of that room. You don't need to be there. You're not a doctor. You have no degree, nor do I. AL and Jerry rules. Boomer and Geo rules more. Yeah, hey, a boomer, boomer and Geo. Geo is funny as hell. Okay, Sills just motivated the team better than Nick. Um, ninety-seven five is awful without missing Ellie. You know I'm gonna stay away from that because you know my guys here, Xander and Big Joe, they say it's punching down at this point, and it is. You know my competition is WIP. It ain't them. <laughs> I'm, I'm already moved past them. <laughs> They're not my competition. Nobody tunes into that shit, so I don't. It's beyond now. It's it's like fighting a and kicking a dead animal. I don't, I'm I'm done with that. Okay. Yeah, it's just why why would I pick on a guy you beat up already? <laughs> and you know what I mean? All right. Let me get to my before Jason comes on. Let me get to my midseason. And let me hear you guys too why we do this. Let's do the coach of the year. Who would be your coach of the year? I can only imagine this one. Tone, you stay out of this. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <clears throat> who is your NFL coach of the year at the midway point? Who would you give the midseason award to? Look at these guys. Oh, wait, I can only. D'Amico Ryans. Or Shane Steichen. Man, I like D'Amico Ryans and what he's doing in Houston. He is a good coach. I'm not surprised. Doug P, 
There it is, trucker. That's mine. I got Dan Campbell. I got Dan Campbell as my midseason coach of the year. I think Dan's done a hell of a job with that team. I'm still trying to figure out if they're real or not. You know, I'm still trying to figure out if they're real. Offensive rookie of the year. Who would you pick? <clears throat> Who would you pick for your offensive rookie of the year? Oh, the receiver from the Rams. That's a good one. BYU kid. Jordan Addison or CJ Stroud? Bijan Stroud. I took CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud just may end my take on Ohio State quarterbacks. Good for him. Because I'll tell you, he is playing great football. And a coach who's in line for the um, Coach of the Year award. Um, fantastic. Now, I think this is a two-person race. The NFL's Defensive Rookie of the Year is who? Stroud just looks way too comfortable. He does. He throws that thing around. Can I tell you who he looks like? He almost looks like Deshaun Watson when Watson first showed up in Houston. Stands tall, strong. It, 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 those are the two guys. It's Carter or Witherspoon. Witherspoon is playing exceptional football, guys. Okay? It's 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 Carter or Witherspoon, but I got it. I think Jalen Carter is just he is fantastic. He he's he's just been fantastic, man. Dude, Devin Witherspoon, he's right there. I'll tell you what, the guy Christian Gonzalez, he had stayed healthy in New England, he'd also be in the conversation. All right, yeah, we and, and brother. We, we, we loved him, too. He's like one of our favorite players in the draft was Devin Witherspoon, a former Lovey Smith guy, as is Sidney Brown, a former Lovey Smith guy. Gonzalez was really a good-looking player, too, man. Okay. Defensive player of the year. Who do you got? Who would you take as defensive player of the year? Bosa? No. Uh -uh. TJ Watt? You're not off with Carter. Boy, look at that. Doesn't this show you right here, Tone? Tone, look, look at look at look at how some of the people here don't really see how this is a runaway. And because he plays in a small market. Tone knows his ball, man. Tone knows his ball. Miles Garrett, it's not close. It's it's really not close. It's just not close. He's, I mean, a hall, a future Hall of Famer having a Hall of Fame type season. He is a great looking ball player. I mean, and and the defensive unit is great. I mean, Miles Garrett, and it's not close. 
you're going to get a battle here from some people, but not me here. Who is the offensive player of the year for the midseason awards in the NFL? Who would you take? Warrior, I think you've either got to take AJ Hill, but guess who else is in the conversation? Christian McCaffrey, like LJ just said. Those are your three guys that people are debating right now at the midseason point as your offensive players of the year. Um, AJ Brown, Christian McCaffrey, and um And Tyreek Kill. I think you guys know where I'm at with this. I, I mean, I think the guy should be in the conversation for the most valuable player award, too. I mean, after the injury, McCaffrey sort of fell off, though. Kind of, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I, I don't know how you know. Just go. And by the way, isn't it funny? When I watch Tyreek Kill play, and then I watch A.J. Brown play. If I was a coordinator, I don't know, man. A.J. just strikes more fear in me. Because when he catches it, he's not looking to hit the ground. When he catches, when um, A.J. catches the ball, he's looking to drag people. I mean, can, you know, you know what's great about all the receivers and all the pass catchers in the Eagle camping in the huddle? These guys don't look, you know, Zach Kurtz looked to hit, he looked to hit the um, four-leaf clovers, you know, a blade of grass. Where can I land? Every one of these guys that the Eagles have, they have a nose for the end zone. Like, Goddard wants to score. AJ wants to score. I mean, I don't. It, it's becoming now where you're looking at him and you're like, I just don't think this guy, you can keep him out of the end zone. He's just so much more explosive. I got to go A.J. Brown. All right. Mid-season. I think this is going to be a tough one for everyone. The mid-season award in the NFL for the most valuable player is who? Lamar? Allen? This is hard because everyone sort of took a step back last week. You see what Tone just did there? You know what he's telling you there with that comment. They sort of took a step back towards Jalen. Fool me. Hey, man, you're, you're, you're trying to do something, Tone, with a guy who knows what verbiage and wordage means and how you want to get to a point. <laughs> Don't ever try to get one over on Big Sills. You can't do it. You see what he just did there? You know, Sills, everyone kind of took a step back. Took back to who? 
<laughs> Back to who? Let me guess. <laughs> Let me guess. Pretty slick, kid. Pretty slick. I got tug of eye. I'm going to ask Jason Cole, who covers this damn league, and I'm going to ask him all these questions here. So last two weeks, we've, or last two days, we actually have had Jimmy Johnson and Dave wants that on. And we up, we, we're prepping for Cowboys and Eagles on Sunday. Now, as Jason, you know Jason, he looks at the Cowboys and he goes, eh, I don't know if I'm taking that person out on a date. I just don't know if I'm doing that, man, because I don't know if I can trust that very much, okay? The 49ers and the Eagles, like, pretty much can trust. Let's get to our friend here and talk to our friend here and get his thoughts here. Jason Cole here, Hall of Fame voter, our dear friend, covering National Football League for such a long time. Jason, You are 100% wrong about that. Really? You would, I would go out on a date with the Dallas Cowboys at least one time because that's <laughs> gonna be that's gonna be a ride, baby. You know that's gonna be a ride. Like you don't know where <laughs> wait, it's gonna wait, end. Wait, are you taking the Cowboys home after the date? I have no are idea. Back to her back I'm not, to her I'm not, home, I'm not even, or are you I'm not letting them sure. find a ride home? I'm not even sure where we're gonna end up. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. Okay, I'm just, I am telling you, we we could end up on an airplane to Vegas. Okay, all right, we it will be one of the wildest nights of your life. But if you are lo- looking for a long term commitment, absolutely not. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Jesus, did I just hear Jason Cole compare the Cowboys to a stripper? <laughs> no comment. No comment. Next question. <laughs> Next question. Hey, yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't want that on tape. Hey, by the way, I think I've incited a riot. If you go over to my Twitter page, it's a friend of mine who uh, we both know was at. Well, we, I don't know. I think you know he was at the complex yesterday, and I went like this. Rumor is that the Cowboys receivers were laughing at the Eagles secondary guys, and it's now an all-out war on on Twitter between Eagles and Cowboys right now because Oh uh, you just you just threw the grenade in and oh just, yeah oh yeah totally you know me I'm the greatest in. starter in the history of sports uh, talk you dude. gotta be you got it that's the nature of this beast you just gotta throw a grenade in yep what do you got on Sunday Jace how do you see this thing playing out Cowboys and Eagles uh again I always come back to you if the teams played five times how many times do you think each one would win? And I think that you say Eagles probably win four of them or three, you know, like three and a half, something like that, four of them. And yeah, the Cowboys can win. They can beat them, you know, they get some turnovers, get some plays. You know, that's not a bunch of slackers. Okay. They got players. Right. But if you're talking about over a period of time, brute force. Okay. Who wins the matchups in you know, the trenches and then A.J. Brown against the, the, you know, the corner, the Dallas corner, all those kinds of things that you look at. Overwhelmingly, you bet on the Eagles to win this game. I just don't know. Like, the Eagles are are a team that's kind of playing with their food right now because they yeah. know they're good, right? Yeah. So they plan with, like, with Washington. They played with their food a little bit and then said, okay, we're, you know, it's time to put this game away, right? Um and so they have that tendency right now. They're a little bit bored. Um, and, you know, 
the, the that's not great a great quality but it happens from time to time you know as an athlete you, you know you get tired of going through the motions every every once in a while you want a challenge and we'll see if this one's enough enough of a mental challenge for them to say we're going to thump these guys and show them who's boss or are they going to say well we're the best team in the league and yeah whatever it's the cowboys you know like i just don't know what kind of mental state they're going to be in that that's you, that's one but the eagles are the better team do you agree jason that it's the bullies on the block in the 49ers <clears throat> and the eagles and it's the lions and cowboys trying to make a statement when because you know um the 49ers have a chance to play them in a couple weeks and the cowboys also have to show because after getting killed by arizona I mean, if I'm Dallas and I'm coming into a physical matchup, like because they almost they almost look alike, the Eagles and the 49ers, you got to prove you can hang with these physical football teams, or you're going to get run off the field. Yeah, that's a, I mean, this this is part of it. I think that that's the identity that the Cowboys want to have. They want to be able to thump teams in the third and fourth quarter. Look, Mike McCarthy dreams of having a kind of running game. That the Eagles have. It's not, it's not for lack of intention. It's a difference in talent, which is why I said before the trade deadline, if the Cowboys were really smart, they would make an offer um on Derrick Henry. Yeah. Right? Like that's the kind of power player. I you know, Pollard's a nice player. I'm not, I'm not don't get me wrong, he's okay. Um, but he's not a thumper. And they want to be able to thump people in their running game, and they don't have that. They have you know, sort of the offensive line that's still sort of good enough um, to kind of run games out when they get up a couple of a couple of touchdowns. You know, they, they've done that this year against vastly inferior teams when they've gotten ahead of them. And they've, you know, been able to grind out some games. But they can't grind out games when the opponent knows. Like, what Philly can do is they can say, we're going to run the ball, and you know we're going to run the ball. And you're not going to stop us. And we're just going to control the ball, whether that's a four-minute drive with, you know, five minutes left in the game to kind of ice the game or whether it's to go get a touchdown. The Eagles can do that. Um, the 49ers, when they're healthy and they have Trent Williams, they can do that. Um, Cowboys, I don't think, can do that just yet. You know, it's, it's, it's a talked-about question all the time going into a game like this. And I say this about the Cowboys. And you just said too, Jace, when you said, I don't know that. Well, here's something else that I don't know, and I don't know if you subscribe to this as well. Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy. Now, Mike's got a ring. So, again, he was a play caller. You got to get credit. People want to give Sirianni credit for getting to the Super Bowl and losing it. You got to give McCarthy credit for going there, being the play caller, and yeah. winning it. I, I yeah, get it. Absolutely. Aaron Rodgers. But don't Dak and Mike have to have a signature win on their resume? Aren't these the elite games you pay $50 million for? Yeah. It's not beating New Orleans, right? It's going on a Sunday in the afternoon in Philly and winning a divisional game like this. Well, that's a statement that you are ready, that you have taken that next step. But they never do it. I look. I'm not. I'm totally agreeing with you. <laughs> this is this is forever the problem with the Cowboys. Okay, the Cowboys get to the point where everybody thinks, oh, the Cowboys are really great. You know, they're, they're five and two. They're this. They're ready to take over. They're ready to mash. They're ready to this. And they get to a game like this, and you know, 
they they spit the bit. I yeah. mean, it's just it's 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 a bad deal. So yeah, they have to get one in order for me to take them seriously as a Super Bowl contender, right? Like I don't take them seriously as a Super Bowl contender. I take them seriously as a playoff team that could get to the Super Bowl if a bunch of things happen, like random things, right? Like they play some teams that have two or three turnovers in a playoff game, right? All of a sudden that happens. Okay, yeah, I can picture the Cowboys getting to the Super Bowl, but it's not because of their ability to impose their will on a game. It's because of random things that may or may not happen along the way, right? If that does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. When I when 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 I look at how this team has been constructed, the Cowboys, and I was talking to Jimmy two days ago about this. Why when I look, I mean, Jason. Jerry Jones has his name on this roster. Uh-huh. He has had his name on the roster for 27 years. He's uh-huh. never validated himself being a football man. Just right. because you win in the regular season, aren't games like this also important to him as a football guy? Because I say this to you all the time and I'll continue. He's never been able to replace what Johnson did for those five years in Dallas, mm-hmm. right. when does he validate his own GM's record? Well, given his age, probably never. How did you vote him for the Hall of Fame? Because I think that he's P.T. Barnum. So you okay. think he's another version of Al Davis? No, I don't think he's as good at football as Al Davis. Okay. I think he's P.T. Barnum in terms of raising the level and the fame True. And of of the NFL and he's and clever. the value of the league. The value, of, yeah, like, and and I don't value is a value is not one of my high priorities. Don't get me wrong, okay, but when somebody is so good at it, you have to give them respect. The other thing is, look, he did hire Jimmy, yeah. right? Yep. He did. He was the owner for those three championships. He is not the general manager, but he was the owner and he created that and he made, he put them back as America's team because you know they were one in, you know, they were Landry's last year, one in 15. And then I was there. Terrible. Yeah, it's it awful. You know, they, they had sunk to the depths. Jerry did raise them back. He's built a stadium, the, the first, you know, not the first one, but the best of the modern stadiums, right? Like he's done a lot to impact the league, both on and off the field. But the question that you're talking about, which is his legacy as a football man, specifically, he has not achieved what he wants to achieve because I still remember sitting in his town car, you know, years ago before Cowboy Stadium was built. And he talked about, you know, being a young man and, looking at the, the the magazines about becoming a coach, wanting to get involved in it, you know, like being the next, you know, Barry, I know Barry Switzer was an assistant on that, on their team when they were in college. And then, yep, Eric you know, Barry, he wanted to be, he was reading about Bear Bryant, what it was like to be Bear Bryant. And then he goes, yeah, and I saw how much money they made. So uh, that's not for me. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he wanted to make money too, right? He, he's, he's big. He wanted to make hundreds of millions, billions of dollars, right? That was a higher priority than than being a football man. But that doesn't mean that the dream of being a football man does not still exist in his head and that he thinks he can do that and that he wants to have that triumph. So, yes, he still wants to have that triumph. 
he just chose to concentrate more, more of his life on the business side of everything he's ever done, whether that's oil, you know, energy, whether that's football. I'm going to ask you a couple midseason questions here. I gave out some midseason awards here, and I want to get your opinion on them here. Mm-hmm. You had to pick a coach of the year right now, the mid midseason awards for the guy you think has done the best job of coaching in the league is who? I said Dan Campbell. I was thinking that Dan's right there at the top. Um, I mean, Serie I would be there because normally you have teams that lose the Super Bowl and they, they regress. Yep. And I didn't necessarily – I had questions about Jalen Hurts, whether he would maintain consistency um, the second year. And he's still – you know, look, he's not matching last year's totals, but he's still really damn good, right? And the whole team is really damn good. Um, and I value that a lot. I mean, Shanahan for a while was right there. What was he, he doing? But, you know, the three-game losing streak makes that go backwards. I'm trying to think. D'Amico Ryan's in Houston? It's it's a nice story. It's not it's not quite there. Um, How about Steichen and Indy? It's okay. Again, you okay. know, it's not quite there to me. To me, I go with Dan Campbell. Like Dan Campbell has morphed into something more than the guy that we saw at the news conference with the bite your knees off kind of thing. That still exists. It's part of his repertoire, right? I mean that that toughness mentality, which it works because. That like Philadelphia, they're one of the few teams that's willing to be tough and grind out games, right? And play a different style than most teams play. They don't have the quite the the passing game to go with it. But I think they're making huge strides in progress. Like last year was not a figment of our imagination. Last year was a real thing. Who are you more surprised with the success that's having in the game right now? Campbell or Mike McDaniel down in Miami? Um, probably McDaniel, um, because it's a bigger, higher, high wire act. What Campbell is doing more of an innovator too. No, a little bit. I I, I don't buy all the innovation stuff. Like all the, you know, like all all these passing concepts were written back in the 1950s. Okay. He's not redoing that. What he's done is he's taken a really high powered speed team. But the and 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 put pressure on people, which is an amazing thing. The defense is not that good, though. So I'm, you know, and he's responsible for that, even though he's really calling plays. Um, the thing that Mike McDaniel has done the best is turn around to it. Like he's he's turned a guy who was just getting hammered by Brian Flores, right? Like just didn't trust the head coach. The head coach was was testing. And, you know, Brian Flores, the head coach was, was fighting with Chris with with Chris Greer the whole time, of trying to make a trade to get a quarterback in there. Yeah, and he didn't believe in Tua. Okay, well, what Mike McDaniel's had to go in there and do is say, no, no, you you can play. You you know how to play, and he's covered up uh, covered up the things that Tua is not as good at. Highlighted the things that he is good at, right? And you all of a sudden. With, and then seeing, okay, put stars around this guy. Like, I remember when Flores was there, before they took Jalen Waddell, and they took the kid from UM, the pass rusher from UM, and Waddell in the same draft. Yeah, um, Phillips. I was, was talking Yeah, I was talking with one of their assistant coaches, and I said, go get two receivers. Because it was a great year for receivers. Don't, you know, I know the pass rusher is really good, 
But go get two guys who are weapons who make your quarterback better. Do what Indianapolis did with Peyton Manning for years and years and years. Give him weapons like Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Edgerin James, Dallas Clark. Give a give a talented quarterback guys to make his life easier, right? And they did one. They did Jalen Waddle, but then they went with the defensive side. And then, you know, Flores thing blows up. They bring in McDaniel. And then what's the thing that they do? They go and get Tyreek Hill. Because if you go get weapons for a quarterback who knows how to get rid of the ball quickly, if you create an offense that allows him to get rid of the ball quickly, you have something magical. And they do. Now, is it tough guy football? No. All right? They can get smoked by the Buffaloes and the, and the Phillies. And if they don't get ahead of them, if they don't get on top of teams like that, it's tough for them. But they can win certain games and pound people out in certain games. And that, and, and that makes them a contender. MVP. Who would be the midseason MVP? Oh, I, you know, Tyreek Hill is up there. You think AJ Brown's in there? AJ Brown's in there. You know, it's also, yeah. You know, now I, I take Tyreek over uh, over Tua in that huh. one. Um, <laughs> excuse How about me. Mahomes? Mahomes is always in the discussion. Yeah. I mean, he's like a, Gordon right now, right? He's always yeah. like Brady. He's always going to be in that. Yeah, you, 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 he's, yeah, he's just always there and you just figure yeah. out. Um, AJ Brown, the guy who's really, if you're looking for somebody off the beaten path, it's TJ. Yeah. Watt. TJ oh. Watt. TJ Watt. TJ Watt changes Over the game. Over Miles like, Garrett? For that particular team and what they do, I'm not talking about TJ Watt changes games for a team that otherwise can't like you when you watch Pittsburgh on offense it's yeah. horrible it's it horrible. is I mean I'm not getting murdered right and he deserves it but the, I mean like the combination routes it. the combination routes are just are just, are just so like everybody they got a Penn Hills like, high school there it's 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 really just such simplistic kind of stuff. Like they run line a bunch formation on the right hand side, and three guys run straight lines. Like, okay, now I run a level coverage against you, and I, I take away you know one receiver after another. Right? I, this is not complex. You're not creating even creating traffic for me, and all these other things things that are really simple. Right? He just doesn't do it. And so to me, for them to be competitive with the offense that they have. Their defense has to be so good, so over the top good that you know somehow they're going to win four games. You know, like somehow they're going to compete. And TJ Watt's the reason. Like their record with and without him is—I don't have it at my fingertips, but if you find it, it's just an extraordinary difference. Three last questions for you here. Have you heard this conversation being brought up that at the end of the year there's a potential? that you could see Belichick moved in a trade to Washington and Washington would send draft picks for Bill to coach the Washington commanders. I, someone told me this this afternoon and I'm like, nothing's out of the realm of possibility. He does, he just signed an extension 
But could you see them? It's a way for Kraft not to fire him, you know, and and move him out and give him an opportunity to do. I mean, it's really tough for Kraft to. Kraft already partnered with one guy who was the best he ever had at a, at a position. And you can say whatever you want about Belichick, but he's a damn good coach. He is. Okay. He's great. He's a great coach, right? And I think it's really hard for him to walk away from how's he going to break Shula's record. I think that's a really, really tough one to walk He away. needs five years. No, he needs two. He needs two really good years. Um, you know, or two two nine-win teams. What is he? He's 19 games He's at later. 319, and that thing's 340? It's, that's, you're 340. a little bit away. He's a 348. Yeah, it's – You're a little bit away. No, 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 he's got 20. I think he's a 329 because he's got 29. Yeah, but you're counting postseason. He's looking at regular season. Yeah, because season that's what – I mean, that, that's what – total wins is what it's – Yeah, yeah. If you're just talking total wins, if you're talking about regular season only, it's a different – it's way off, right? On, on yeah, he, he he's he's a couple years off that mark from off, off the regular season. But if the Jews yeah. are looking at total wins, it's two years. Okay. Yeah, he's got like um, thirty-five wins in the postseason, so he's right I there. 20, I think it's 20, I think he's got twenty-nine wins in the postseason, and Shula has nineteen. Yeah, because I've looked this up a bunch of times. So there's a ten-game gap that makes up makes up the part yeah. of the difference on the postseason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I just think that. That's a hard one to let go of. There's a reason to game a contract extension. And we can come up with all the, you know, you can come up with all sorts of crazy scenarios. But here's the other part of this. You know, Belichick's 70 years old. Yep. Does he really want to move to Washington? You know, I think it has something to do with legacy and the well, fact. Well, Anna- Annapolis, he's near the, uh, he's well, near the. That and Carnegie. also, that's where Lombardi finished. Yeah, but Lombardi was there for one year and then, you know. Then, then, then passed away. Right. You know, I, I look, I don't think that Belichick gets misty eyed about chasing people's legacies. Okay? okay. I think he, he, I think he gets, you know, he's intense about, I want to go get this, but I like my life the way it is. And I control my, and he, go, he's very much about, I control my world. Right. Other people around me don't control my world. And I'm not going to do this unless, of course, you know, Washington makes the offer and then says, okay, we're going to tear up your contract and pay you a truckload of cash. You know, Which every, is everybody the highest paid guy in the league. Well, just make it more, right? Like, and then make, you know, make, make Steve even higher paid, right? You know, do stuff like that. Take care of your kid. Maybe something like that happens. But when these kind of crazy ideas come out, I just kind of look at it and go, some reporter out there has been thinking too much. <laughs> put the put the uh, Aaron Rodgers peyote down here. How about let me ask you this last one here? Mm-hmm. Is Deshaun Watson's contract in Cleveland starting to become what many could consider the worst trade in the history of the NFL? Even worse than the Vikings trade with Herschel Walker. Mm, it's going to be hard to top the Herschel Walker trade. Um, I got two hundred thirty million reasons why maybe not. Yeah, but Herschel Walker trades. I, I know he's built a dynasty. That's a, that, that's, that's a standard bearer, man. That's three Super Bowls, and you know, uh, you know, money is money, but you know, three Super Bowls is tough. I, I mean, it, it's going to be up there with one of them. 
but nothing's as lopsided as that one because you know, and, and poor Ron Lynn, right? Was it Ron Lynn or Mike? Lynn? Yeah, and and get this, Jimmy had a Jimmy had a deal set up with Cleveland <laughs> that he was going to make the deal, but then Lynn came in and offered more. And back then in the day, Jason. Jimmy, every single one of those players he traded for, he marched into his office and said, you're never going to play it down in Dallas. I want the picks. They all translated into picks. Not one of those guys ever played for the Dallas Cowboys. They all just turned, Didn't none, of them. Okay. none of them. I mean, I mean, look, that's an amazing trade. The, the, well, the, people, the thing that people forget about in that trade – is how bad Herschel was in the Minnesota offense. Like this was a classic maneuver of you took you took a power back and put him in a finesse offense. I was like there was, when the trade went down. Jace, I was there when the trade went down. He was coming off a 1500 yard plus year. Good play. He's a really good player. He was great. Yeah. He like Herschel Walker, if you know, not for the US. Yes, I get it. Yeah, yeah, like you know, like there's a, there's a scenario that he could have been a Hall of Famer, right? Punt and returns, kind of, kickoff returns. He's over ten grand. You got a conversation. Right, he's a magnificent player, and he's his legacy is sort of stained by this whole thing too, right? Yeah, but the biggest problem I always said is, what the, didn't the Vikings look at the tape and say, what kind of player are we getting for the kind of offense that we run? Like, I just looked at it and said, and, and when he got there, and this is before I started covering the NFL, you know, was, but I, I looked at it and said, wait a sec, what he does doesn't translate to what they do. And, I, and and that is so much of what football is, and people don't get that. They think, oh, take this guy and put him in that offense, and he'll be great. And it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. You have to build an offense that caters to the to the talents of the players that you have, and they have to be the right mix and all those other things. There are very few players who can go play in any system. And the guys who can play in any system are usually guys on the edge or, you know, like corners because of their talent or defensive ends, you know, because because they just have to go beat their guy one-on-one, right? That's a one-on-one matchup. In this case, they took a running back who was a power, power runner and put him on a finesse offense, and it was just – it was ghastly. I'm going to leave you with this. So Jimmy was on, like I said, two days ago. You know what he said to me? He was offered by Norman Brayman the Dallas or the uh, Philadelphia Eagle job um, in 86. Yeah. And Norman obviously still alive down in South Florida. And I asked him um, and he, he said, it's true. They offered him the job. He turned it down because Jerry was in the midst of trying to get the finances together to buy the team from Bum Bright. A couple of years later, he didn't have all the money together, but Jimmy Jimmy held out because Jerry was going to buy a couple of years earlier the Chargers, and his dad talked him out of it, and he ended up buying the Cowboys, and that was the story. A Could you imagine bit. Jerry in San Diego? No, that's way too soft for him. Could you that, like he'd make kids probably be arrested. He would make Tijuana rock blush. Wait, Tijuana. L.A. No, That's I couldn't. Like, just rocking it up and down the coast. No man. way. Could you imagine it? Could you no. imagine him? He would. God, it would be the greatest thing ever. 
Where's Jerry for the Super Bowl? Oh, he's in Tijuana. <laughs> he be going all the way to Cabo, man. <laughs> yeah. Jace, thank you, my friend. You're such a dear friend and a lifelong friend. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you next week. All right, dude. We'll talk. See you. You got it. Hall of Fame voter and our friend. We're going to take a quick timeout. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Got two hundred thousand people commenting on that uh, or viewing the um, the Firestarter. Maybe that's the new name of the show, the National Firestarter Show. Yeah. Well done, boys. Well done, boys and girls. We are now becoming the destination for everybody to check out. 
the thing has gone viral. Everywhere. Picked it up. Cowboys talking shit on the Eagles. Oh, God. Dear God. <laughs> well done, boys. Hey, hey, Greasy, right? It's <laughs> Look at, hey. <laughs> Smokey the Bear. Okay. Hey, man. Tell me we didn't start a. Hey, look at this. Hey, Zusko, well done, Sills. No, no. Well done for all of us. Hey, we don't want this game to be some sort of. What, what, do, what do you want this thing to look like? Cincinnati, Cleveland? I want this game to look like you're in the Coliseum getting ready to fight lions and tigers. That's what I want this puppy to be. Okay. I want this thing to be lions and tigers, man. I Hey, I wear that new crown very proudly. Tool threat! Tool threat! Holy cow. We got a football Friday tomorrow. And after this thing lands, I have no idea where this is going to land. Do you know how many text messages I got from Cowboy guys going, Look at the shit you started. This thing's going to be an all-out war. That's when you know you guys are doing it right. Fantastic. Hey, I appreciate you guys coming aboard. Please do me a favor. All right? Hit the like button. Um, Xander and Joe, thank you very much. Hey, Tone, did we not start it going up? Have we not started it here? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What do you think Tony and I do here? You think we're just sitting around here like not, hey, I want you to be upset. <laughs> Very good. Tone, don't forget to catch him each and every single Monday through Friday at 3.30. You're breaking the NFL. You are breaking the NFL mold. Greasy, thank you. Two to six tomorrow, and we shall see you on the flip side. Football and Hooters, the perfect pair. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.